This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Mind Over Water. Energy, vitality, relaxation, invigoration, mind over water. Mind Over Water offers everything you can possibly want. Will it hydrate? Yes. Does it taste good and will it make me feel good? Yes. Yes. Will it make me full and content? Yes. And also happy. Mind Over Water is the only bottled water that will do everything you can think of. Full amino profile, high protein, high gluten, vegan, gluten free, beef, chicken or fish, dairy-filled, and lactose-free? Sure, just for you. If you think it, you can drink it. Mind Over Water, a Popco brand. Thank you for cracking another road soda, your 81st road soda. That's a lot of road soda. I'm Isaiah Cooper. On this show, we have our Millennial Book Club segment where we learn how people break up down under. And also, is it okay to punch a millennial? Well, in Australia it is. With me is Greg McGinnis. In this episode, Elon Musk takes off his skirt and flashes the world. And Dane Cook steals the show. Steals the Welcome show. Welcome to episode 81. Welcome to episode 81. And right up front, happy birthday, Dane Cook. Happy birthday. 47 years young. Today, that is March 18th, is Dane Cook's birthday. It's a Monday. It's today. It's the day this released. It all just kind of worked out that way. Happy birthday, Dan. Dane. And I hope everybody is uh, as big of a fan as we are. Or, let me say, is as admittedly a fan as we are. Are you a Closet Dane Cook fan? You cowards! <laughs> um, so, Greg, what do you got for 81? What do we, where are we at? So, I've got... Let me bring you back to 1988. This is a show everybody knows. Bring me back. That's really far back, right? Yeah, before Isaiah. Uh, long before. And I am Granddaddy Millennial. November 12th, 1988... Episode 81 of The Golden Girls, referenced by Dane Cook in the podcast. He did reference that. Yes, and it is a fucking funny show. It's so stupid, but it is fucking funny. He was mentioning it in the context of he worked with he worked Betty with, White. Right. And they were talking about how they put their notes in... Uh, they hid their notes in their drinks in different places yeah, around, yeah. Yeah, with the, the sugar funny. packets. And you notice they're always fucking handling sugar packets sitting at that little kitchenette table. Yeah. They're always For fucking... Like last second rewrites where they had to just do it in front of a live yeah, studio they, were, they had their... I think they did have a live studio audience on the Golden Girls. It was mm-hmm. a laugh track the fuck out of... It was a funny show. Did you have much experience with the Golden Girls? Not a whole lot. Not a whole lot. I was... Because, again, you're, you're talking to the cartoon kid... Yeah. There was cartoons, and then there was Nick at Night. And I'm like, what is this bullshit? Yeah. So, uh, but my sisters would watch a lot of that. It was, the, the banter is funny. There was a couple of weird shows like that where I was like, I would catch myself and be like, 
Why am I watching a show with hundred-year-old women? It's fucking well-written, dude. One of you them can't... is fucking B. Arthur. <laughs> if it's good, B. Arthur's the hot one. <laughs> He's the hot one, dude. If it's good, it's good. It's just undeniable. No, it was. They fucking yeah, it was. And they had a crossover. There were these Isuzu commercials from way back. Do you remember Joey Suzu? No. He all these fantastical things would happen, and he would go, "I'm Joey Suzu," and he'd make some fantastical claim, and it would clearly backfire behind him, and he'd go. I'm Joey Suzu. You can trust me. Would I lie? Would I lie? And he always said it. The guy's name was David Leisure, and he ended up getting a spot on that show, and then he got this other show after, and I always remember him as, like, the guy from the Golden Girls, and I went, I don't know. It's it's It, it was kind of like a happening show. Like So was, where were they on 81? Uh, season 4, and it, I don't know what app in season 4 it was, but uh, the oldest lady... Their 81st episode was somewhere in 81. It was somewhere in season four. Yeah. Yes. And uh, the episode was the oldest lady, Sophia, who she was actually the youngest one in real life. I do remember that factoid. Estelle Getty gets hit in the head with a baseball, and then B. Arthur's husband tries to get her to exaggerate her injuries and get into a class action suit against people that got hit. Mm. I didn't actually watch the episode. I sounds I like I saw it. sounds like the Goldstein girls the to Goldstein me. Goldstein girls. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! So now, this is a date that's interesting for me. It it caught my eye. May 13th, 1993 was within two weeks either way, probably one week either way, of when I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. Episode 81, The Simpsons. You know I love The Simpsons. Always trying to squeeze it guy. Shoehorn into anything. Get it in there. The episode is season four's last episode, Mm -hmm. and it's called Krusty Gets Cancelled. And it was one of these ones where they had a lot of famous guest stars. You know, The Simpsons always had famous people. Oh, yeah. This one had like five or six famous people, but the big act that was on were the Chili Peppers. Right. They did give it away in their underwear to bring Krusty on. It was, there was this clown gabble that comes on, fucking blows Krusty's show out of the water. They cancel him. He's down in the dumps. They get him on this big reunion uh, comeback show. And there was it was it was a pretty good episode. All those old Simpsons were pretty good, but that was that was a funny date for me. Episode eighty one of the Simpsons. There you go. That is pretty important. You're graduating. You got the Simpsons because you can mark your life now by Simpsons because if you're the Simpsons have been there for so long, you can be like, man, I was I doing this school. when that happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They started pretty much right when I started high school. So that your my life with the Simpsons. My life with the Simpsons. Popco Brands would like to thank you for your support. As the owners of 63% of all American brands, every 10 seconds each American produces a dollar of revenue for us on average. No need to buy anything different or try out something new. Just keep doing what you're doing. That is because we are the world's leading producers of podcasts, nuclear materials, and chicken nuggets. Popco is also the sole owner of all carbonation methods, plastics for consumables, and mass water purification techniques. Because of the wide and sweeping reach, if you are eating, sleeping, alive, or dead, Popco would like to thank you for your continuous support. Uh, Flash forward to 2011, November 17, 2011, episode 81 of It's Always Sunny. Oh, Season something s- finally something I'm alive for something you're alive for <laughs> I was alive for the season seven Simpsons. episode ten mm-hmm. how Mac got fat how did Mac get fat so they all decided uh, after seeing the movie Avatar that they should they had this conversation where 
because they all had other things going on, they were going to have people come in and be like their avatar replacements. Right. And Mac picks a weightlifter guy. They make some comments that makes him think he needs to put on some more weight if he's going to let that avatar be his avatar. Right. And he just drops out for like six weeks. They all do their other little storylines. And then six weeks later, he comes back and he puts on all this weight and he's got this big fucking gut. And he goes, I weigh 200 pounds. I can have my avatar now. And they're like, what are you fucking talking about? We dropped that like five minutes after you walked out of here. Right. (laughs) We were on to the next thing. Dude, I remember that season because he was fat that whole season. They don't mention it until the 10th episode. The entire season... He had, and everyone's like, what the fuck? Did he put on so much weight? And they did that on purpose just to make you be like, what the fuck is happening here? And then in the 10th episode, they address it. And it's not even like it happens in an episode. He's telling a story from a long time ago. And he's just been stuck fat that whole time since. Like, oh, okay. it's him in there. Yeah, because he's confessing. And he's telling a story to the guy. And, and so he's, he's talking to the priest. Right. So it doesn't actually happen in that episode. He just tells the story of how it happened a lot. So that's why... And that's how he was fat that whole season. Because, yeah, dude, I remember... and Because I, I also remember hearing or reading uh, online about him in real life and how, like, he really, you know, he actually... It wasn't... He actually put that weight on just for that joke, just for that episode. And I think that's just such a fucking funny thing. Jesus Christ, totally committing to... Mm-hmm. He's a maniac, dude. He's a maniac. He's, they are really committed to that show. It's a fucking unique show. It's unique, dude. It's really fucking good. You can see all the pe- things that inspired them, like it's a little bit of Seinfeld, a little bit of here, a little bit of that. But they've really done their own thing, and they they're fucking they're doing it well. You, you know, just one little thing on my personal thing with uh, Always Sunny. Back where I worked in Maine, um, I helped the United Way thing did this book thing where like all these people in this big office that we worked in donated all their books, and I helped catalog all the shit. And people would come buy it for, you know, everyone would donate it all. And then we would sell the shit for a buck, two bucks, whatever. And nobody had cataloged the stuff before. They just put it out in piles. And so I put a bunch of time into compiling on a spreadsheet all the books and movies and shit so I could spread it around so that people that didn't want to go down to this thing and pick through boxes could see what we had. And I did that. And this guy out of nowhere, who I kind of had known because he was like a one of the few people I knew that made money doing comedy mm-hmm. him and this other guy who ended up becoming like the lawyer at the place the head lawyer then he went on to become like an executive at some other company they were in this comedy troupe called Franks and Beans uh-huh. so that was interesting to me because I was like oh that guy's like a fucking comedian I don't know any comedians this guy Rob Calder so when he was like hey I see that you have uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia season one hold that for me I'm gonna come get that like right now right so I was like, okay. He's like a tastemaker for me, obviously, in comedy. I went, I had, think I had heard of it, but I didn't know what the fuck it was. And so I think this was in 07, so it's like in season three. Mm-hmm. Once he had such a strong reaction to it, first off, I was like, fuck, I should have bought uh, this for 50 cents. Right. Uh, but then I got into it, started watching it. I started getting Netflix by mail, and I was hooked like immediately. I was like, how the fuck did I not hear about this for three years? It's such a But you're probably happy. Show. You're happy that it, you had three seasons That's to fucking dig through. Yeah. That's true, too. I was actually just telling you, I don't even know that I made it to episode 81. I know the show. I bet you I'm probably on, like, season four or five. I don't know Dude, why there's I do so that. much. Yeah, I'm, I'm up through, like, season nine. I think they're on season 12. I'm happy about that, though. I like stacking it up, dude. Yeah. It's so quotable. It's so good. If you watch, I, I made a short web series a while back. If you watch that web series, for I made that in maybe 2011 or no maybe yeah 2010 11 mm-hmm. and it was called squatters and it's about a group of guys living in a foreclosed house if you watch that 
you're like, oh, you guys are just doing, you're just doing a fucking uh, always sunny shtick, right? It's just an always sunny, dude. The way we talked, everything, it was like, it was just so inspiring, and and it was, was it just, like appointment viewing. Everybody watched the new Always Sunny. Did it come uh, we, out like on like Thursday nights at eight or something? Or was we it? just had them all downloaded because we, we never had cable anywhere. Oh, right. We just downloaded them the, by the season wherever they were. Once they were done and once somebody put them online, there was no streaming anything then too. I mean, there was, but we weren't doing it. If you couldn't stream it, just home invasion. We until you found a house that had it. Yeah, we'd just walk up and down the streets with baseball bats and we just take it. <laughs> and but it's it's like you know it was a combination of all these shows that. Uh, but anyway. Fucking always a huge fan of the always funny, yeah. always funny. Well, you know what we just said last night too, which is probably why I went and looked up there. Eighty one is it's really hard to watch that show and not drink because mm-hmm. they're just so. I don't you know. You want to drink? It's a party, man. You want to drink? I was saying when you listen to Burt Kreischer, man, you really if you're in a position to get a Tito's and soda going, get a fucking get t- a Tito's and soda. You don't even think about it. No, nope. always sunny. Whatever you can get your hands on, because that's what they do. It's fucking great. Yeah. Uh, and I got two podcasts real quick. Number one, eight, episode 81 from January 27th, 2012, Freakonomics Radio. This was way back. It had Stephen... Dubner. Dubner, not the everyone. other guy. Stephen Dubner is the only guy. Oh, he's the only guy. Yeah. Stephen Levitt, I thought, was also in a lot of that show. No, it's... Yeah, they they do both. They, like, go back and forth. Um, they, they're, like, both writers for Freakonomics. But okay. Stephen Dubner is the the, is the Freakonomics guy. Okay. Yeah. So... They did a seven-minute thing on Marketplace. Are you familiar with Marketplace? It's like an NPR show that does like a 30-minute business update, kind of. And they pick a quirky um, story. I didn't. I didn't hear that one. I've listened to a lot of Freakonomics, but I don't remember. Marketplace that. is actually like a radio show that's been on NPR forever, and now they do a podcast because mm-hmm. NPR does a fucking podcast for everything. Blocking out the sun for podcasters. Uh, it was interesting, though. It was a seven-minute thing on uh, a process that they do in Britain I'd never heard of before where it's called Prime Minister Questions. I didn't catch if it was monthly or quarterly, but the Prime Minister has to come out and answer questions from the Parliament about anything. Mm -hmm. And Tony Blair was quoted in this thing I heard. He was like, now that he's, after he was done with his work and he's writing his memoirs, he said, that was the most grueling fucking time always because it's, they're out there to fuck with me. Mm -hmm. They have some type of agenda. I don't know about it. Anyone can ask me, any of them. And they always wanted to be fucking assholes. And you know how Parliament, British Parliament is so fucked up. When one guy's talking, there's always like fights and rabble-rousing and yeah. shit. They're legit like with powdered wigs. They like, fucking, yeah. Going, get into fights and shit. It's so fucked it's, up. It's, yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. And, and then from that context, you're like, go ahead. Ask. It's like a fucking AMA. You're the fucking Prime Minister of England. Go ahead. And they're like, oh, you were all fucking drunk. Where were you last Tuesday? <laughs> Last Tuesday at 4 o'clock p.m., where were you? I was actually uh, getting tea. Were you? You sure? You got to answer the question. And it's just... And, and the the context of this was Freakonomics was saying, why doesn't America do that for the president? Because we don't have a parliament. Because we're not England. Well, we have... Because know, we fucking beat you in a war and we don't have to do anything you do. That's why. Well, it could have been Congress or whatever. And it was this was uh, January 2012 would have been... The start of the year that Obama was re-elected. Right. Right? Yeah, because he was elected at the end of 2012. So, re-elected at the end of 2012. So, it was probably just fucking John McCain taking a shot at Obama. John McCain. Why is he hiding from my questions? Yeah, John fucking McCain. So, what's your other podcast? Um, September 11th, 2018, episode 81 of Make Me Smart. It also relates to Marketplace. Kai Rizdal is the guy that does Marketplace. Make Me Smart is interesting. They do... 
episodes relating to, um, you know, things in business that maybe are not so accessible to the average Joe, and they try and explain it to you. You know, like they'll do like inflation, or they'll do the cost of this, or why does this have to be, you know, it, it's interesting stuff though. It's, it's shit I think people should know, but maybe aren't going to go seek out. And this episode 81 from last September was, if you didn't see this coming, you weren't paying attention, and it's attacking uh, some Trump politicians, uh, some mm. of his policies. Mm. It's so many times I read the blurb and I go, nah, I don't think I'd listen to that." And I put it on and I go, "That's fucking interesting. I didn't even know that shit was going on." Right. So like I can't do it justice and I didn't actually get a chance to listen to it. It's only half an hour, but I do suggest listening to Make Me Smart with Kai and Molly because it's short. I don't take anything seriously from anybody named Kai. Kai. Never have, never will. You know Greg? what's funny? It's worked for me this far. His name is Kai Rizdal. This will be the final word I say in Marketplace. The guy before him had also a very similar fucked up name. I'm Scott Jagow. This is Marketplace. And they do Take me busy. seriously. Take things I say seriously now. I like Kai Rizdal, though. You're right. The name is fucking hilarious. And just you know who foolish. died at age 81, Greg? Who? John McCain. You would have known that if you knew anything or if you listened to your show about uh, people who died and taking pot shots at a man... Who died at 81. You know what else is 81, Greg? You Ooh. know what else is 81 today? What? Our show. And you know, I like to do for nice. my 81. In dog years. Whenever I can. In dog days. In regular days. And you know, we're 81. This is the 81st episode. And I like to do this on these episodes. I think it's fun because each one of these episodes could be our very last, Greg. As is, uh, like most people's in this list, their very last days. As, as like that. This is their last days. So... Uh, first person I want to talk about, or not talk about, died at 81, Adam Samuel. Adam Samuel. Sorry, uh, Samuel Adams. Yeah. Samuel Adams. <laughs> Samuel Adams. Uh, born, and dude, he lived to be 81. That's pretty old for the 1800s. And he, he died in like 1802, which means he was born in like 1720-something. Is that right? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, dude, seven twenty, and he lived for eighty-one years. Incredible, Joseph Kennedy. You know Joe Kennedy, right? Yes. Oh, okay. Because I was hoping you did. Because the dad of who? The fucking Kennedys. All of them. All of them. Jesus Christ. The good. Do you ones. know that Joan Rivers died at eighty-one? I did not know she was that old. And did you know that Joan Rivers also called Dane Cook an asshole? And it like. That- Really affected me. him. I was just because you know we did so much uh, Dane Cook, and I'm watching this thing. He, uh, they were talking about how everyone saw him as such a dick and an asshole and everything, and where he got to. And he was talking about that. He's like, yeah, man, it was just like, and talking about how he played with it. But there was a point when uh, it was like on some somewhere, Joan Rivers called him an asshole, and he's like, dude, I've n- I never even met Joan Rivers. And he's like, she's like an idol to me. Of course. I loved her. And she called me a fucking asshole. And he's like, and she never even met me. And he's like, that one kind of. Well, here, this this one's for you, Dane. That grody old bitch died at 81. You're welcome. Happy birthday, buddy. <laughs> All right. Uh, Pat Nixon. Pat Nixon. You know who that was? Yeah, his wife. I think it's his brother. You sure? It's Pat. I think it was his wife. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, you know who else died at 81? Who? Dick Nixon. Oh, really? Him and his brother died the same year. Or possibly his wife. I'm hey, pretty sure it was his you wife. know what? We don't judge. Peter, same year of their life, by the way. 
Yeah. Do you don't think they were born on the same at the same day on the same year? I they're doubt both eighty one. I doubt it. Do you it, think it, who's Peter O'Toole? Peter O'Toole is an old actor. You'd know him if you saw him. Do would I? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's well, I'm never gonna famous. see him again because that motherfucker's I'll dead. <laughs> eighty one. I'll never see him. Don Knotts, the pirate, died at eighty one. Love Don Knotts, man. Who was that? Don Knotts. You outside of being a pirate, Mr. Furley, the pirate. No. Are you talking about from Wonder Years, Mr. Furley? Yeah, not from the Wonder Years, from Three's Company. Oh. That's really? Mr. That's not, it's not Mr., it's Mr. You think of Mr. Roper was the other guy? No, in Wonder Years, Mr. F- not Wonder Years, uh, um, Boy Meets World, Mr. Feeney. That's the, what you're talking about. No, Don Knotts, the ghost in Mr. Chicken. Yeah. It's getting further away from me. It was animated, partially animated. <laughs> I, I know it's a good line of thinking when it's on track with animation, uh, but you he was wasn't he the Andy Griffith show? Yes, there he we was. Go. He was the second in command. Sheriff. Second, second, second in command sheriff. Uh, so here's a couple more about Peggy Lee, old singer, old singer, right? Old dead singer. Yeah, and I think uh, she was about eighty one when she died. Is that? Yeah. I'm just guessing. Exactly 81. Damn. Exactly 81. And um, here's here's one more. One more person. Person. Do you know who this person is? Edmund Muskie. Yeah. Who he, was Edmund he, Muskie? He was a senator in Maine. Really? Yeah, he was a really big, big senator. There's shit named after Ed, Muskie. Edmund Muskie. Yeah, like the fish. He ran for president. Like the fish, Muskie. Have you ever heard of a Muskie? Yeah, I've heard of a Muskie. The, the, fish, of a, the, the fish of a thousand casts, they call them. They're so hard to catch. You, you, it's like this old man's fish where you're going to sit out on a lake and you're going to go for years and you're going to keep going to your lake and you're going to cast a thousand times before you catch one muskie. The fish of a thousand casts. Huh. And there's plenty, they're plentiful in places like Maine and Wisconsin, uh, freshwater up north like that. Muskie. Interesting. Here's an interesting thing. He died at 81 and 364 days. Whoa. He yeah. almost missed this list. Almost missed this list. Yeah. You might not have heard about him until... Next week. Mm-hmm. Why do you think? Why do I think he died right then? Because it, it's either one of two things. Either he couldn't wait one more day, just couldn't fucking do it. It was just he was that in sh- that in the bucket, that in the shit bucket that he could not wait one more day to make it to eighty two. One more fucking could have been six hours, dude. He could have been within six hours of it. But really, it was actually the opposite, and he despised birthdays. It was a little known fact: he hated birthdays so much. He was actually in pretty good health. He just didn't want to do one more birthday. One more. F- I, I can't do 82 of these. Nobody gives a fuck about an 80th birthday. Like I can't do. I can't do. But he's. everyone's sending him cakes and cards and just, I can't do it again. So he lived right up to his 300, to, right up to the last day, and he's out. And then how did he do it? Shotgun to the chest? Like he Kurt did Cobain? it the same way that Road Soda does it. Lead singer of I in Excess. <laughs> Autoerotic asphyxiation. He cracked one more. That's what he did. Cracked one more. Silicolin is the number one doctor-recommended stool coagulant. Polymers invented by the world-renowned Dr. Koshi Kolanabi bind the matter in your large intestine so that your movements require virtually no cleanup. Originally developed 
to treat anal seepage, silicolon is for anyone who desires spotless underwear and a streak-free toilet bowl. Side effects may include acute anal seepage, upset stomach, bunions, spina bifida, night terrors, night sweats, terror sweats, and a loss of sexual identity. If you are experiencing more than five seizures a day, stop use immediately. Leave toilet paper behind and ask your doctor if silicolon is right for you. This is just in Greg breaking news. This isn't old news. This isn't broken. It's not previously. This is this is the fresh, fresh, new, new. A 17-year-old has gone viral for egging a politician. So there was some attacks in uh, New Zealand. And an Australian uh, politician was commenting on said attacks. And uh, a 17-year-old, which is below the millennial generation, I believe, or it's like right on the end. He's like, he's on the cusp of his generation. Egged him in the head on live camera. And I showed you the video earlier. He's standing five feet away from this old guy mm -hmm. and he hurls an egg. Doesn't right even hurl, he smashes it with his hand, just slams. He doesn't throw. He he, he, he just okay. smashes it on his head. Okay, so yeah, he's even closer than five feet and he just crushes an egg on the guy's head. Yes. And then he's just standing there with his cell phone Almost in the guy's face, like, what are you going to do about it, old man? Yep. And he just watches him with this dumb fucking look on the face. The guy turns around, looks at him for five seconds, goes blind with rage, sees his own stepson in front of him, and he just fucking cracks Left him one jab of, right to the face. Punches him right in the face, which made me feel so good. Then went right after him, like, oh, that's not all you're getting. Yeah, after. it's not all you're getting. Went after him. He just started thinking, Brent, you asshole! It's all he could think. Clean your fucking room! Uh, <laughs> no, I think fucking having someone crush an egg, egg on the back of your head, you don't need any sub to any fucking... Dude, you know what it is? It's it's the gall of this kid to plant both feet and just fucking stand. And like, you learn as a human. There's instincts. There's things built into you. When you do... There's cause... And, cats know cause and effect. That's why cats knock like glasses of water off of tables and they push things. They know this action has a reaction. Fucking cats, Right? To grow your whole life and to get past the fact that you're going to crack an egg on someone's fucking head and just not even flinch. Dude, you know, he turns out, he doesn't even brace. You don't even step back. You don't get out of range. Your camera zooms. What, what the fuck are you doing, dude? And he just stands there with the camera right in his face, the cell phone in his face, not even looking at the guy, looking through his phone at the guy. Ha <laughs> ha, look at him. And the guy just fucking, bam, of course he's not going to see it coming. He's looking at his fucking phone. Deserved every fucking finger in that fist on his face. And it made me feel so good. It made me feel so good, dude. You want to protest, you want to throw an egg, do something. But no, there's a reaction. Yeah. You throw an egg. You can't get that Don't close stand and within... personal with someone and do something like that and not expect... Even though they know they're going to get in trouble for it, because he's a senator, this is just some fucking idiot kid. Right. You know there's going to be repercussions, but when you do something like that, yeah, you can't just stick your finger in someone's ass and not expect they're going to turn so. around. They don't care what the rules are. Right. They just got poked in the ass. They're gonna fucking. They're gonna, dude. It's like it's like a rubber hammer <laughs> on a knee. You hit it the knee, punch in and face. Kicks. But that kid is just so fucking white, grown up. Not every everything's good. Uh, everything's good, Tanner. You're amazing and great, and nothing bad can happen I to you, Tanner. I feel like we must be missing something else with that, though. Like you think? 
Yeah, because you think he's just he's just, he's just ignorant to like the functions of the world. You think he was just and like, I need something just... exciting for my Facebook. No, I feed? think he. Yeah, I think he he was in protest of whatever this guy was saying, and he didn't like the protest. And so th- that's great. We, you, we need people rocking the boat. You need to protest. So you got to kind of take the charge. You got to put your phone there right. and videotape. But and take but the punch. Fucking flinch, dude. What do you mean take? I don't think he even. Dude, nobody wants to get punched, and nobody's trying to get punched. And this kid just well, maybe it. he was though. Maybe he was trying to. You get think punched he, you think this kid's that smart? You think he thought past the egg? You, just, you think he thought past the cracking of the egg on his head? I I am an Occam's razor guy, dude. The simplest solution is the most. And the simplest like, solution is that he didn't plan past that egg. He said, "I'm gonna make a video and protest. I don't like what he's doing." You think I'm that's 17, the simplest solution? I cracked an egg and I get punched. It's a possible solution. I feel like maybe the kid is... I mean, You're like, out here thinking he's like Sherlock Holmes. He's like, I'm going to crack it on the head, and I know he's a lefty. He's going to come at me. And I see the stains on his pocket, which means uh, he, he went to lunch today. No, I think he was like, I want to get this guy in trouble. I'm so mad. I want to get this guy in trouble. And you I'm going to instigate him, and the guy's going to hit me, and then he's going to Obviously, he doesn't know the fucking laws of Australia, because guess who got in trouble? He did. He's the one that got arrested. Not the fucking politician. Everyone that watched that was like, arrest that fucking kid. Arrested. He was the one I because I, I not only I saw it on the news. This is Australia, dude. This isn't this isn't fucking America. This isn't uh, baby America, dude. In Australia, they can still just blast kids in the face, and everyone's like, "Fucking it's thank you." Of, it's a land of convicts. Dude, started what the by fuck convicts. do you think is gonna happen? No, he wasn't trying to get him in, dude. That it didn't run that deep. It did not. That kid's plan, that seventeen-year-old kid's plan, did not run that deep, dude. I, I guarantee it was just. I want a cool video. Oh, I don't like what he's saying. I'm gonna and just that was it. I got an egg. Where's mom's eggs? Get a kitchen from mom. Honey, I need those to make meatloaf. Fuck you, mom. I'm gonna crack it on his head. You think that guy planned it out? Tell him I'm gonna get this guy in trouble. He's gonna hit me. He's gonna I'm gonna get him out of office. That guy's not thinking like that, dude. He's a dumb fucking white kid from Australia. And he got cracked. And I played it on repeat over and over again, just watching. Yeah, I know the guy is pissed, and the guy cracked him once. And then went right after him. I just—it's funny. I just showed you that Jim Everett video. Right. Same type of thing. Sometimes you just get someone Sometimes. pissed. Sometimes table's gonna get flipped. They don't give a shit what it's gonna cost. <laughs> Call me Chris one more time. I don't think you will. I, what does he say? Bet you I will. Bet you I will. Chris. Chris. <laughs> and then he's like flips the dude. You know who I wish would have done that? And here's it has nothing to do because I think he did it because the kid. I think the kid did it uh, because he, this guy was blaming Muslims for the attacks that happened in New Zealand, right? And so this is, guys, you want to protest. Like I said, I'm not denying your protest, but that's do what you got to do. It's just like that fucking MAGA kid who was staring down like the, the Native American a few weeks ago at those protests. Yeah. I wish that Native American would just, the whole world, the whole world was like fucking crush that kid's, turn that kid's face into a fucking jelly, please. But he doesn't. He And, and it's the bigger man for doing it. And he's fucking great for not doing it. For just having that shit-eating white kid grin in your face, like the world can't touch you, dude. You don't know the fucking world. That's what it was. That's what this kid was. Ah, the world. I, my world is through this fucking phone. And guess what? A, you, you can't see the left jab when you're standing th- staring through your. I wonder how phone. how big of a punch that really was. Like, it uh, wasn't. Was he didn't even guy. wind up. He didn't even wind up. He was hand, like a jab. Yeah, his his hand was like already extended, and he just raised it the rest of the way. He didn't knock the kid over. I mean, it knocked him back. It's the kind of hit that you'd give your own kid. You know, you're not going to wind up on him, but you let him know you could still beat his ass. <laughs> Dude, it was... And But the, I think my favorite part was he kind of... Then he kind of went in for more. But 
all the news I saw about it, he wasn't the one that got in trouble. It was an asshole. It's like, dude, crack an egg on anyone's head. See what the fuck happens. Every see, see Jimmy. Everyone here knows cause and effect. That's why you're in trouble today. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> glad the guy old guy didn't get in trouble because he just fucking trying to speed his mind. And the kid cracked. He's a, a politician. He's egg. doing what he's doing. Again, protest all you want. You don't agree with what he's saying? Th- at least throw. Even if he threw the egg, that's cool, dude. Because you understand, you put some distance between you and that guy. Because that guy's gonna fuck you up. <laughs> don't just stand the there. The dude was so and pissed. Plant your feet. If you watch the video, he does. He takes that shitty little rabbit punch. Mm-hmm. Then he goes in for more. But they pull him off, and he was obviously so ferociously trying to get the kid. Right. When they pull him back, he like <laughs> okay. sloppily falls over. I love. He's like a sixty-year-old guy. I, and I, you're right. And I, I love the pause between the egg cracking, and he turns. He didn't just turn around swinging. He turned around just, just to get a glimpse, right? Just for a. There is this beat, crack, beat, punch. Like he takes that. I love that second of like, it's like he just he sees saying, what it is. Did he just crack a? He just cracked an egg, egg, and then you know what? Set really set him off. The fact that the kid wasn't running. The fact that I think that's really like. Just the gall of this fucking kid. He's just going to crack an egg and stand right here within arm's reach. I really feel like if the kid was like backpedaling, he wouldn't have chased him down. I really, Even if the kid started taking steps back, he would have been like, hey kid, come here. He would have like maybe grabbed him or done something, but he wouldn't have hit him. I really think that just, I'm standing right here yeah. in your fucking face after I cracked. I really think that was the moment where he was like, I'm hitting this fucking kid. I'm hitting this piece of shit. Yeah. Ah, oh, dude, it feels so good. <laughs> I loved it, dude. That's funny. No, I'm glad you like that. Hey, Greg. Did you know that Popco makes the top fireproofing brick used in crematorium incinerators? I did not know that. But I did just read that they are also the leading producers of matchbooks, women's shoes, and public school lunches. (laughs) Wow. Great stuff. That's right. They are our favorite sponsor because they send a big check and only ask us to remind you all that they own 63% of all American brands. And because of this wide and sweeping reach, if you are eating, sleeping, alive or dead, Popco would like to thank you for your continuous support. I got my, mine is much less inflammatory. I got a news story about Elon Musk. Elon Musk teased an image of Tesla's pickup truck, but no one noticed. Whoa. So he was doing a reveal on the Model Y. and Which just released today. Which just released today. So during the slideshow, he did a quick, like a flash of the pickup truck, hoping people would start asking questions. He did what David Fitchner. He, did a, he right. did a fight club. Right, where they just one frame in there is like, you know, right. what was it like the in the kids thing? They he put was, like the flaming... No, yeah, he would put naked pictures. He'd put porno pictures and he would cut them into the, he, just the movie reels. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, that's basically what Elon Musk did. And then he said, I did put something in. No one caught it. And then he had to tell people it was a pickup truck. But it was just a quick flash. And no one saw it. So, I don't know. Maybe someone will go check it out. I'd be interested to see what the Tesla pickup truck looks like. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm super interested in Tesla. I just, I, I wish I could afford it. I wish I could afford a vehicle like that. <laughs> they're expensive. I was looking at even yeah. the cheap one they're saying starts in like the 20s. I that's think that's bullshit. 30. It's just 34. And well, that's like well, like if you go on their website and you and you put put a model type in, it says like the total stripped down lowest one is like twenty six nine. Yeah, for that model C is the, the yeah the one the model three that one just came out. Yeah, and he just and he also just tweeted what brought me to this article was he just tweeted out to everyone, 
Make sure you go buy a, a 3 or a Y or a C or whatever the fucking S by Monday because Tuesday is when a price jump kicks in. Right. I know he's doing his best to try to, to cr- crush down the, the price. You, too. you know that. You know that. I think, as, I, I think as, a, as a person who understands consumerism and understands that he's trying to give, he's also doing it for a benefit of a lot like of the planet and he wants like not only is it he knows it's a big huge money making thing but I know that he wants everyone to be driving his car and the way he's going to be able to do that is by crushing down the, the price as much as he can yeah I mean um, he probably has some say in that but you know there's, there's a lot of I mean but finding for... right but finding ways to make it cheaper to manufacture them to so he can get them at a lower cost like a, better ways to, to make the batteries and all that kind of stuff so I'm just we just gotta wait Another, another, another couple generations of these cars, and maybe we, uh, we'll be, maybe one day road soda. My will, fucking funeral my fucking will be funeral. all Teslas, and they'll fucking <laughs> bury me fucking automated. That's right. What other? I think you said you had two news stories there. Yes, I got one more. It's uh, this was kind of a bigger news story. We don't usually do this, but this one really interested me when it came out. I didn't know it would be such a big deal. This is the scandal of the. Students, uh, the um, William H Macy's wife Felicity mm-hmm. Huffman and Lori Laughlin were two of the people. There's a bunch of people that the did big it. college scandal. These kids were were buying their way into through college that whole thing into yeah. higher education. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that people were able to get into school without doing the work just because the parents had money? Give me a fucking break. That's what all these schools are. They have official. Like legacy programs. Yeah, that's like the thing. It's an. How about every fucking, fucking president? Oh, you think George Bush like got himself into? Well, that's an open thing. Yale? George W. was a legit legacy case. You think he? You think he just got into Yale? You don't think people like spend a little? Ah, float you a couple bucks here. Hey, it's my son. Come on. You don't think that shit happened? And now they're cracking down on it. His dad was president. Obviously, he can fucking go wherever. But now they're cracking down on it. Now they're cracking down on it. Which is weird. So um, what do you? What, I don't know. I think um, maybe people were looking for something and they came across some big names and they said, hey, this seems like a big story. I don't know. Once you have hard proof of stuff that's being illegal, I guess it comes down to who's looking into it, what type of power and what type of voice they have to get it out there. You know? I don't know. Is it going to change the world that Felicity Huffman goes to jail? You think she's going to actually go to jail? Because they're saying there could be potential jail time. That'd be pretty cool. She gave a bunch of money to the school under the guise of... She should be giving money to the judge. <laughs> she'll probably, she probably will be giving money to the fucking judge and cops and all that shit. And then someone else got in trouble just for um, paying money so that it looked like their kid was on the crew team to fill out the, like the round out there application. Part of the money goes towards an air a guy that airbrushes him in to like the... the fucking actual photos from like competitions and stuff. She's just at the end of the... Cr- yeah. <laughs> No, I I don't know what um, what's illegal about that. Put get paying money to like let make someone say you're on the crew team. It doesn't seem right. It seems kind of immoral, but illegal. Illegal. It's uh, fraud. It, I think it there's is, when I you guess. when you when you fraud people out of money. That's then then you're actually crossing lines into makes it illegal. It's it is uh, yeah, technically when, a lot of things can be called fraud. But when a guy tells a girl he's got a big enough dick. If he's lying, is it fraud? There's no money exchanged, so no. But there's no money exchange in a college... Yeah, you're saying they're paying them to do it. Right. Well, that's true. Yeah, they were and paying... And you're also paying money to, like, school. There's... When, I think just but see, they were paying money, money 
to have them say that they were on the crew team. So is that a big deal? I mean, I'm not sure. I just think whenever money starts being exchanged uh, hands-to-hands is when the government starts getting interested. <laughs> That's just my th- thing. Whether, I don't know. I don't care what direction. There. No, I agree. I thought. I think it's funny that there's a lot of outrage, and I think we'll be hearing about the story for a while. Yeah. Just Which because is just it's like ridiculous. Yeah, because it's just regular. Why are they? Why are you choosing to be upset about this right now? It's essentially what it is. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Getaways. Everyone knows Waze, the crazy smart GPS app that guides millions to work around traffic and speed traps. Well now from the same people, Getaways. Ex-wife, current wife, bank robbery, insurance fraud, dead hooker, whatever your reason is, we can help you get away. Give us an idea of the amount of trouble you're in and where you're trying to get to, and our specialists will help craft an all-inclusive getaway to avoid child support, get to the woods, or even get to Mexico, including everything you need from a gun to a new identity to safe houses along the way. Getaways Premium will even help you get lined up with dirty cops and crooked judges to make sure you stay on the right side of those prison bars. If you need to disappear fast, we've got you covered. Don't get arrested, getaways. Millennial Book Club. Millennial Book Club. Millennial Jew Club. <laughs> it's a new segment. Uh, here we are. Welcome back to Millennial Book Club. Everyone's favorite segment. This homework, your homework for this week for the MBC was watching the Breaker Uppers on Netflix. Millennial Book Club is where we just watch Netflix original uh, originals. We'll give you what to watch. You watch it throughout the week. And we come back next week and you hear us discuss it. And you can join the conversation yourself by emailing your own reviews to roadsodamail at gmail.com. Roadsodamail at gmail.com. Right up front before all of this, we always put out complete... Disclosure that we are going to spoil the shit as we're going to talk about it because we expect you to do your homework. We expect you to watch TV with us. And uh, so we're just going to openly talk about the breaker uppers. Not like there's a huge a lot to spoil, but um, how'd you feel about the breaker uppers, uh, Greg? I feel like um... before you say anything, remember the culture that we live in today is very uh, sensitive. You don't you don't want to say you don't want to be too hurtful to the ladies that are out there trying to do their own thing, Greg. What makes you think I was going to be hurtful? I don't know. Maybe because this of some things suck. that you said to me, maybe because the note that you're writing down on the paper right now, you just can keep scribbling circles with the black stick pens. lady that I keep having stabbed on my paper. No, I you know what? I feel like uh it was like an inside joke that would or like it it was it would have been funny if I was from New Zealand. I knew who these people were. You think I, so? Yeah, I feel like these women were like uh, I don't know, maybe like two people from the UCB or some troop. The New ZD. That's the New Zealand uh, Demolition Derby. Yeah. Jackie Van Beek and Madeline, Madeline Sami. Sami. Who yeah. liked our tweet, by the way? Oh, really? Yeah. We tweeted because uh, throughout the week we will post. Saying that we should, uh, or just reminding you guys what the homework is. 
in case you missed the episode or whatever. That way you can watch it. And, and uh, But I put out a tweet for that one, and she liked it. So, yeah, I'm certainly not saying, like, I thought it sucked or whatever. It just wasn't for me. I did watch it right to the end. Did you watch to the end? Yeah, I watched the whole thing today. Oh, yeah. okay. Because sometimes you just, you kind of... Sometimes I can't make it through. I'll tell you what I did like, which it was enjoyable for me at the end. Because at some point I realized, I get it. This is not aimed at me. This is not made for me. I don't know mm-hmm. what is happening here. Um, like, they didn't develop. For example, so the, the movie is about these two women will help you break up with your boyfriend. Right, girlfriend. which I think is a very funny concept. It was and a very I, funny they, they, they did have uh, a lot of very funny, uh, a lot of funny things happen. I thought it was humorous. Very... Greg's giving me the... The long uh, bone in your arm log. is the humorous. Greg is giving me a, a, a look right now where he's like got his... It's like a grin with a smile. He's like, I don't know, man. They just... You know what? When you're watching a movie, you want character development. And they latched on to the very first girl that they told her, that her boyfriend was dead as part of their you know, their ruse for their breaker-upper scheme. Uh-huh. They One of the girls like feels bad and like they start incorporating her into it. And I just they didn't develop her enough that I gave a shit about that lady. So it just didn't right. seem like it made sense that the movie would take such a strong arc for them to like connect one of the breaker uppers to connect with this girl. But I think it's more to show maybe that breaker upper is starting to move away from this business. Like that she's starting to have feelings away from this business. That this is kind of like fucking people. And not to not to show you know why are we showing this this she's just more of a tool for the main. I character. also kind of felt like they like as soon as the business started like this happened, so it wasn't like something right. that was going on. You yeah, know? like it was a part of their friendship already. It was already the the fissure within their relationship as it was within their friendship. And then like the fact that they met each other by both banging the same guy, mm-hmm. which was the backstory. But then like by middle midway through the movie, it seems like they've just kind of met each other through this weird circumstance. And very shortly after they part ways, because one of the girls is not as hardcore about the right. stone cold nature of what you need to be doing in that. But then, like, which is coming from a place of just like her own misery that she's alone and that she's forty, and it's clearly a thing. Which I, her parents were a weird, weird character in the whole. Yeah, thing. her mother was so fucking. Weird. They looked. They, her, parents, her mother was actually funny though. Which she's like yes. doing coke, and she's like wants to fuck her young boyfriend. There's a scene with her at the pool, and she's like. We're gonna go watch some porn. I want to. She's like, whatever. Go pop I in fuck. and say goodbye. Yeah, pop in. She's like, I'm not gonna fucking pop in. She's like, pop in, pop in. She's like, I'm not fucking popping in. My mom watching porn. It's a very, but it, in, in which her. If I wanted more explanation to find that funnier, I thought it was funny. It's an eccentric. Her parents are eccentric, but they're not giving us like reasons to why they're eccentric or like it's not. It's just a. It's just a weird thing. Like they were at one point, they get up and they all do coke in the bathroom, and it's like supposed to be the parents' coke, but it's like. At what point, like, they're not rock stars. Like, give me a reason. Say that they were rock stars or say that they own some Fortune 500 company. And why do See, you? And why do your parents look the same age, if not younger no, than I'm you? No, I'm so glad you said that because those are the types of elements that, to me, smacked of, like, this would be funnier if I was in New Zealand. Because maybe they're making fun of, like, maybe there is some New Zealand's right. Jersey Shore or everyone knows that that lady's a caricature of... Maybe Jean she's famous. Or, yeah, yeah, you're right. Maybe she's famous for something else, and her doing because they were clearly yeah. making fun of really subtle class things, like we would do here mm-hmm. in like a Jersey Shore, or like well, I mean, fuck no, in anything you're making fun of fashion choices and th- all these different things are saying, letting us know, oh, that's who this guy is, or oh, this is who we're supposed to think that guy or that girl is. We didn't know any of those markers because they're in New Zealand. We never heard yeah, of anybody. Yeah. 
So it was a little off-putting. Off-putting? It was a little off-putting because I, I don't like... I'm trying confused. to get off-putting. It's hard. <laughs> Tapioca. I love it. Uh, you know... I go so to meetings. I like... I do the whole thing. <laughs> I, the older lady of the Breaker Upper Uppers made me think... She reminded me of one of the women from um, Absolutely Fabulous, kind of. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by Pimp Pimpsurance. is this? You're short $200. I'm sorry, Daddy. I was robbed. You've been here before. Now you have to start beating her, putting her on her back for days, and not in a good way. It's going to cost you a fortune, but now Pimpsurance has you covered. You know, I'm still going to have to beat your ass, baby. He doesn't even have to hold back. Pimpsurance will pay the claim before she's even done crying. How about when my bitches all start sinking up? With our Red Week deductible, your cash will keep flowing too. We also offer 24-7 cornerside assistance with antibiotics and emergency hydration to get your hose back on their knees in no time. Pimp insurance. Don't pimp hose without it. Sounds like a show you'd watch. You know Absolutely Fabulous. Is that like a Queer Eye but for females? No, it was like a sketch show where two British women did the whole thing. Okay. And their MO was they were both like kind of drunken rich bitches. So every oh, sketch, okay. they're like half in the bag with gin, like being really judgmental about something. And then they do some outlandish fucking thing. Oh, you know? okay. It that was, sounds it was interesting. Absolutely, was absolutely, absolutely fabulous. Yeah, absolutely it's probably like 15 yeah. years old. Right. And the lady kind of, she didn't look like her. She kind of looked like a cross between Lily Tomlin and the blonde lady from Absolutely mm-hmm. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. And the way she acted, like so... And you're talking about... Off the edge... Off Miss the Van uh, Van Beek, Jackie Jackie Van Beek. Van Beek, yeah. Who, like I said, if I had seen her in something before, if I knew something about her from New Zealand, I probably would have been. Yeah, we're really being just like airdropped into mm-hmm. a New Zealand thing. I've also never seen anything else from New Zealand, you know. And I know that this is a, a Netflix produced thing, but it was all it was written and directed by them. They did everything, you know. I saw and, New and Zealand, it, and I really thought it was going to be like a behind the scenes making of Lord of the Rings Five or something. You saw the guy from Flight of the Concords is in there. Yes, they're New Zealand. That's the know. one thing that I said. Oh, I recognize Jermaine. Ah, there we go. Now we're getting somewhere. And he was, was in it for like yeah. ten seconds, which I got a feeling there was more. And then there is this more nuance with New Zealand because there's like this, you know, New Zealand just like many countries is white people moved in and colonized where there was indigenous peoples as it was. And they have that, you know, the indigenous aborigines of those places, which the guy that she ends up being with, like, uh, um, the, uh, not the older lady. He's a high school kid. He's a high school kid, but he's also, like, an, a mix of, like, an, a, a native. And so there's, and he has a different accent, if you hear, if you know. It's actually turned on the subtitles because of, he, it's almost, it's like he wasn't open his, opening his mouth to talk. It's like one word would run directly into the next word, and I was like, well, what, what, what do you, I had to turn on the fucking subtitles for him. But it, but I know that that's an accent. And when he walked in, they go, they just outright say, we didn't order Thai. I'm like, dude, that's some racist shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is some yeah. racist fucking shit. That guy walks in and then I don't remember ordering Thai. It's like, holy fuck. I feel like if, if I was, when I was watching this, when I got to the end, I really was laughing at some parts at the end. Cause I, and I was like, I wish that they could have redone this movie and taken some of the beginning out 
and laid down better tracks so I could know what the fuck was going on. Right, right. And and help me understand, like you said, why was the mother so fucked up? Who was Jackie and who was Madeline? What were their actual roles? Uh-huh. Just flesh some stuff out more and then maybe cut out some of the stuff that wasn't as critical. Maybe it should have been like a two and a half hour movie or something. I don't know because they had a lot going on. Maybe, yeah, Funny maybe premises. Out, so yeah. But at the end, when it decides it's going to be a sing-off between the girl that works at the bank and like right. her cadre of like transsexuals yeah that was really funny the little dance-off thing at the end which is kind of a common thing you see with pump like, up the jam pump the jam which is also the song that we're going to add to our spotify playlist for this fuck one. yeah because we, we got it so what we're also trying to incorporate is we have a spotify playlist that goes along with the road soda podcast so you can if we talk about music we put it on that playlist and we want i want to try to start adding soundtrack things what was the song that she actually sang to the kid at the thing was it like a backstreet boy song uh, it wasn't a backstreet but it was definitely one of those in sync i don't think it was one of the boy bands or it might have been like 98 degrees i don't know i just i don't i you know see that i knew he was going to fill in the last one and be like Greg, i know boy bands i know boy bands one. i know boy bands and i know um, nick Lachey when i hear nick Lachey. and that was do i know nick Lachey? <laughs> does a tattoo on the back sh- Show you that I know Nick Lachey. Do you remember that show? Did you ever watch that show? That was a reality show on MTV that was Jessica Simpson and Nick Lachey. Oh, yeah. I never watched it. it, What was it called? Do you remember? um, Dude, it was like... I had some fucking... Was it just Nick and Jessica? No, dude. It had some bullshit name. Like... Like a play on words with Nick. Yeah, like, yeah. Some kind of weird... Let's look it up right now. Yeah, it was uh, Newlyweds. Ha! Newlyweds, <laughs> Nick and Jessica, from like 15 years ago. Uh, I, I think that that was why I was thinking that was the song. But um, my wife was was big into Newlyweds, so so that's why you liked it. You don't got to tell us why you liked it. It's okay, Greg. It's okay. I only I, finished a series myself, myself alone, because my wife never finishes anything. So I'm very familiar with. I gotta the series. find out. You gotta find out where it went, dude. I watch. Uh, look, I really like that they did all of that. That they are. Uh, they're they're New Zealand comedians. They're big there. People know who they are. Are they? I think so. I mean, yeah, they're they're from. There's no way they have their this Netflix show, and they're not have some kind of notoriety. I, I mean, whether they're they're writers for something else, they're based out of New Zealand. And um, that was what I walked away wanting to know. Like, how big are they in New Zealand? Was that? Like- I don't know if they're. I, I mean, I don't know because I have really no. The only thing I know from New Zealand would be Flight of the Concords. And, um, which is not to say that I, I don't want to know. I want to know. I want to know about every country and what, what's going on in those countries as far, as far as like big comedy and stuff. And, but I love that the fact that they're, not only did they go, they could have, you know, given the Jermaine and what's his name from Flight of the Concord some money and have them make a movie about New, like out of New Zealand, but they chose these two ladies to write this movie. And, I liked how it was shot. It was very pretty to watch. There's a lot of the, how like the, the cinematography was very well done. I think a lot of the scenes were very well acted, very well played. You like the cinematography in it? Yeah, I think there was a lot of really great shots and the, like the sets, all the how the sets were dressing, how they set things up. It was like super symmetrical and the colors were very well balanced. It was very nicely. If you you don't if you weren't looking for it. You probably just didn't even look for it or notice it. I know, but you know, like, good cinematography usually will give, like, will do something for me. Well, you're looking for cutting-edge cinematography. If you're you're talking about something that's like, they're groundbreaking, did you see the angles they did? But just good, solid, they fucking did it, and they they made really... Because there's there's a difference between that, and which is so so well to the fact where you don't even notice it, 
And then there's people that suck, and then you notice it. And then there's people that are, like, creating new shit. They're not creating new any new cutting-edge shit. But what they did was very well done. And I think um, it, like... Also, all the scenes, the writing... There's just, like, little things that you were talking about. Where it's like, I want to know more about the mom and, like... Because it's hard for me... Because it, it's hard for me to jump on board with your joke. Because I'm too busy thinking, like, is, is she a... Why? Were they a rock star? Like, and mm-hmm. why... What's going on? Like, who is this? But it, you're right. It could be some other... There was a combination actors. of what you mentioned about the language thing, mm-hmm. where it sometimes took me a little longer to decipher what were they saying, and then I, by the context or the way they, they acted after, you go, oh, I get it. You know? Yeah. But I didn't get... You know, you missed some of the joke because, like when you said we didn't order Thai, I think I missed that when I was watching it's it. All but I, I, I was the what I heard, and then I missed shit after that because I was thinking about it, and I was like, Jesus Christ, dude, like, you can't... But I didn't hear that line, but it was clear to me that they said something derogatory to mm-hmm. the non-white guy that came in, and yeah. I was like... And it was clearly derogatory, and I was like, oh, it's like that. Is this going to be like... No, they just kind of New like, Zealand's like the 70s, they're going to be smoking in the hospital and just dropping N-bombs and whatever they want. Mm-hmm. So that was the tone that they set with that little thing. But yeah, like I said, off-putting might be too strong of a word. It wasn't really for me. It did. I did laugh at the end because mm-hmm. I just thought it was so absurd that they had this team of people that was around the girl mm-hmm. that added a little element to me. Then of course, the whole thing was very absurd. Like the idea of it is obviously absurd. Like what they're doing. It went into an extra gear though. The last yeah. like twenty minutes. And I liked it. I really like it. I think if this is the first thing they're doing, obviously Netflix has has faith in them. I think if they were to do another thing, it would be even better. And I think. Whatever they're gonna keep doing, if the two these two ladies keep making stuff, I think it's gonna be well. I think it's gonna be good. Like I, spe- I I'm very interested to see more comedy stylings specified to region. That's what I'm really excited about. And um, maybe it is something that's just not translating for us because we're not so intertwined with their culture. But I'm hoping that whatever they do, I mean, we need and they and and I, there's uh, it's good that Netflix is doing the whole uh, uh, Orange is the New Black, your Russian dolls, these things. It's like they're they're giving more power to, uh, like, and, and permission to, like, write, direct, and do the whole fucking theater. Here you go, ladies. And not just, hey, you go, David Finchner, make your fucking, uh, make your thing. Yeah, if I ran Netflix, number one, first rule would be no Fincher. We don't need his bullshit. Speaking of David Finchner, this next Millennial Book Club homework for you guys, it's brand new, fresh, hot, 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 spicy on Netflix. We are going to be watching Death, Love, and Robots. First rule of Death, Love, and Robots is animated. Don't masturbate to Death, Love, and Robots. It's animated. Oh, it's animated. Yeah, it's an. A- this is uh, going to be a treat for me because everything outside of the Millennial Book Club that I intake... Uh, is animated. So this is a treat for me. I get to... I can't even get Isaiah to respond to my texts unless I use this little app where I do like these little animations to let him know I'm going to be there in 10 minutes. It takes me like a fucking hour. Thank but you. But he won't even respond otherwise. That's how tuned into fucking animations guys. Thank you, Greg. Thank you. It's more of like a, a an autistic kind of thing, but you know, if you want to belittle it to that, that's okay. I get it. I get it. I'm sorry I waste your time, Greg. <laughs> uh, it is... But yeah, I, I just... I love watching cartoons and... This whole thing is animated. It's directed by David Finchner, and you got Tim Miller in there, who is you know uh, uh, three hundred. If a little little movie called Three Hundred, I'm sure a lot of people know about. He wrote the. I try to minimize the amount of programming I watch with mostly new dudes. I'm, whatever you're into, though, 
You know what? With the zeal that you say I love watching I mean, cartoons. You, uh, with a level like you, you should be trying to dial it back a little bit, Greg. I mean, it's really <laughs> up there. You should be cutting corners everywhere you can with minimizing that. Uh, when you when I hear the zeal that um, the granddaddy millennial, but still a millennial, says, <laughs> Granddaddy of millennial. I love to watch cartoons. Name. It makes me think this this thought that's been coming through my head lately, which is, this world is so fucked when the last of the greatest generation motherfuckers die. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're dropping like flies. And then it's going to be the Xers that are like, fuck it. The, the wires that are like, who gives a fuck? And then the millennials that are like, I can watch the shit out of some fucking anime. You got to just watch some cartoons right Germany now. Germany is just going to look over and be like, all right, let's load the boats up. It's ready to fucking go. Chinese are coming from the fucking west. Nothing's going to hurt Germans us, Germans coming from the east. Nothing's going to hurt us, Greg. Nothing's going to hurt us. There'll be a couple of reports coming through. So one, also, the I, one old dude up on the watchtower is going to go, the fucking Germans are coming. Let's start recycling steel and building and we're going to be like, they just released another season of, of, <laughs> they just released another season of Love Run Robots. Shut up. <laughs> Dude, and it's, I, I'm in, totally I'm, infringing on my ride to watch Netflix. I'm binging right now. I'm binging right now. <laughs> It is Frank Miller. My apologies. Frank Miller Tim is, is his cousin, though. Yeah. Tim Miller, let's actually... Uh, Tim from Tim and Eric. Right. Is it? He's a director. An American... I want to see what he directed. Let's see. What do you think he directed? Tim Miller? Yes. Just um, a little movie called Deadpool and the Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. And he, and, did you uh, see he has one... Girl with the Dragon Tattoo? I did. I've seen them both. My favorite line ever about the girl with the dragon tattoo. It's a Dana Gould line. All right. If you're going to see just one two-rate movie this summer, make it the girl with the dragon tattoo. That's always how I think of it, too. She gets fucking raped and then retaliate rapes the dude. All right. That movie was really dark. And I was watching it with my 10-year-old. Oh, yeah. And I just was in like a period of like, I locked up. Instead of like editing, I went, fuck it. He's just going to figure I'm it out. I'm just going <laughs> to... He hasn't talked to me much since. <laughs> just go. <laughs> he's been, he's been going out. to counseling at school. It's free. It's not. That's. It's all right. Also, so yeah. Sorry, everybody. Definitely, uh, be sure to check out. And and also, we gotta. Just, let's just add our our. our um, would you say watch it if it's there? I would say this. I really enjoyed, and she grew on me throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Madeline. Yeah. I really liked her, and. Um, I don't know if I'd recommend that to anyone, though. So watch it if it's there? You wouldn't say that? You'd I would say, say what was go ride a bike? I would say read about New Zealand and get some... Read about know. New Zealand. Yeah, that's okay. what I do in its stead. All right. I like it. Hey, and I, I think uh, I'm going to put it in the just watch it if it's there segment. I watch it if it's there. I, like I said, I love... Um, I watched the whole thing, unlike... Roma. I didn't watch Roma, all the whole thing of that. And Oscar-winning film. Oscar-winning. So that's just to give you an idea of what I'll do because I was more connected to that and enthralled to that and entertained by that than Roma. Roma, I'm watching. I'm like, yeah, I know this is a fucking awesome movie. It's great. How it's, how it's shot. Oh, it's saying something. But I'm still gonna spend more time with that thing, which says something. And it's but it also says, it says something, I guess, more about me too. But like. I would say watch it if it's there. It's entertaining. And I know it's got a lot of uh, a really good reception online. I was reading through a lot of stuff and everyone was really happy with it. Especially if women are like quoting it, making little memes and stuff of it, of uh, different things from the movie. So I would say watch it if it's there. And I think they're, these we're going to see these two ladies, uh, if not uh, one or both, 
definitely we're going to see some more shit from them as time goes on. They're going to keep getting that Netflix cheddar. Netflix checks. But also, if you whatever you guys want to say about it, write in. We'll, we'll read it on the show. Uh, Road Soda Mail. Also, be sure to watch Death, Love, and Robots by episode 82. Because that's what we'll talk about on episode 82. And be... Uh, I keep saying be sure. I don't like saying be sure. But be sure to uh, write in your reviews for that as well. Road Soda Mail. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about you. Give you shout outs. Be sure. Be be sure the podcast coming to your ears this summer. Hello, I am Gunter von Dogschnipper, proud owner of the number one canine salon in the world, Hound Obsession, the ones who brought you glitter balls. We saw it at Wismister this year. The winners of each breed had glitter balls. If your dog showed up without glitter on his dangle fruitin, why did he show up at all? At Hound Obsession, we are obsessed with your dog's hinterland, from the stinking key statues of Undersack. We would dip, paint, carve, or even brand a dog's marble wagon. And we are ready to pry Proudly debut the next hot runway style. Tassels! Beautiful streamers attached to a tiny rubber plug. Painlessly installed into your puppy's hinterholen. A veritable curtain concealing the glitter fruitin. Giving delicious piquant boo aspect. <laughs> At Hound Obsession, we are obsessed with your hound. So over the week... This week, this is an interesting week. I think everything kind of culminated into this segment we were talking earlier. We didn't have a segment. We didn't have something we wanted to do, and we didn't have an interview. And uh, I had sent you on Friday, so it was almost like last minute. I sent you this, uh, the episode from Burt Kreischer from last week's uh, Burt Kreischer's Burtcast, which is his podcast, where he interviewed uh, Dane Cook. Is right? Dane or Dan? I'm just recently hearing about him, but I think I it's think Dan. It's, I think it's Betty, Betty Cook, if I'm not mistaken. And I'd like to think of it as more just-in-time than last-minute. That makes it sound like, you know, it wasn't that great. I feel like that happens a lot. The best stuff just kind of comes together when needed. You know, not not necessarily under pressure, but... We haven't done it yet. We don't know it's good. That's true. We don't know this is good, but we're, everybody the knows idea, though, Dane The Cook. idea came... Yeah, you know, from the idea of... Because I didn't even expect... I, I started listening to it just because I had, I had noticed that... In the past, like couple of months, I've just seeing him pop up in a lot of places. Uh, I think, like, and and uh, and which I just haven't seen his face in in years, or I've heard him mumbled about on different podcasts. When you listen to so many of these comedians talking shop podcasts, which is like every fucking podcast, uh, you, they'll mention Dane Cook in passing here and there. And uh, you know, you've heard about shit that's been happening recently. But yeah, very recently, I've seen him his picture on people's Instagrams and stuff because he's been doing the rounds doing people's shows i i noticed just a couple weeks ago he did theo vaughn's this past weekend podcast as well and i'm uh so yeah when i saw him on bird i started listening i sent it to you i didn't think you would listen to it like right then but i was just super super fascinated with hearing him sit down and speak so candidly because i'd never i've never heard him outside of it's like there's always been this like mystique i've never heard him outside like not being on the stage doing comedy what was your first introduction to Dane? Where were you when somebody was like, check this shit out? I was living in Maine, and I believe that first album he came out with did pretty well. I mean, I, I was up in New England, you know what I mean? Yeah, was, what was, that? It was, was it Harmful of Swallowed or Slippery When Wet? There's 
Oh, so yeah, I think harmful if swallowed. I don't know mm-hmm. if slippery when wet. Is that that was even? I think before? it. I think it was no, just after that one. Okay. Yeah, harmful if swallowed is the one that I. Yeah, it was remember. the one with yeah his face with like the microphone thing, and I believe that was his first one that everyone did because he he did that, and then between that and having and his last and and, and the one right next was uh, uh, slippery when wet. He did his Comedy Central presents, which really got because Comedy Central presents at that time was like. Catch it. If you yeah, it was huge. Like if you had Showtime and HBO, which not everyone did, you got to see stand up comedy, right? Yeah. But at that time, the internet was not piping stand up comedy in everyone's house, so the only way that the average person with really basic kind of cable would see any kind of stand up comedy was on um, was on Comedy Central. Right. I don't know anything about Slippery When Wet, by the way. I, I see Harmful of Swallowed came out in two thousand three, and that's mm-hmm. like listed as his first album, and that. I remember the two things I remember from that that we quoted a lot. And what was that? The two bits were the one where you, when you hear screeching, this is something that people have said he stole from Louis too. So we'll, and we'll circle back to that. But uh, one of the many circle things, back to what his joke plagiarism claims, uh, which I'm sure there's a lot. I've heard it. I've heard the the. It's like uh, not heard. Two way street where people have t- have trouble placing who's stealing from who. Like I've heard. Well, that's true, right? Because just because it happened to be on a Louis album and then a Dane album after, mm-hmm. you don't know you don't where know who, the stuff who, came from. Who, what, who, where it came from first. Yeah. Dude, I'm so... Wait, wait. The two bits, though, that I remember from way back, I don't know if you've heard these or you know them, but the one where you hear tires screeching and it's always satisfying when you hear the smash and you don't... Where are my shoes? My shoes! I'm just going out without shoes. Just going out without shoes. And he's telling the cops the line that I liked because he just... Sometimes his phrasing just made the whole thing. And obviously, if you're actually seeing and listening to him, he does a lot of mm-hmm. physical, even in the verbal aspect of his stuff, a lot of physical uh, the intonation and his little crazy voice and he makes the noises. But uh, I was in my kitchen. I was washing a dish. He says that like, I don't know, five or six times. And it's just perfect phrasing. That's hilarious. Right. It's exactly something that's legit that you could say. Mm-hmm. And it's fucking awesome. And then the other thing in that one was the lady that gets killed by getting a tire in her face. In her face, yes. Tire in the face. (laughs) Everyone else jumps out of the way. She she just just like... Yeah, dude, it's... So that was my first introduction. And then he kind of came... And so where were you when it happened? Like, where you said you're in Maine, but that's like, you know, 2003. Three is when... Because I think that is like right around that time when when you would hear that. So you're, you're in Maine, and what were you... Like how did it did it affect you? Were you playing it a lot? Was it with your friends that you were saying? Um, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I think when I first heard about it, we kind of were. Did all somebody talking. introduce you? Like you, you got to check this shit out. Did you introduce it to other people? I never bought the CD, so I don't know. Exactly. Did you LimeWire that shit? You just, did you Napster that shit? I may have. I may have. I may have Napstered it and heard it that way. And so, which the thing I didn't like about the Napster time is. The, the fragmented shit you got, you just, especially for a comedy album, you know, they break it up into 16 tracks. If you listen to it in order, it all makes sense. There's like back callbacks and whatnot. When you just get the tracks randomly, you're like hearing tracks. That's why 14. you got to look up the track, the list on, on other, some other website. Yeah, I, I, I don't remember. <laughs> I never bought a Dane Cook CD, so it's right. really weird. I did watch uh, the, the two things I remember were that thing came out in 2003 and it made a lot of buzz. Everybody was. You know, talking about Dane Cook, he's this great comic. Uh, you know, but I wasn't huge into it back then either. You know what I mean? I've right. always liked listening to comics, but it's like, you know, you kind of go in and out of it. And I was just about to have a kid, right? And that kind of changed a lot of things for me. So it was about a year between that coming out and then me becoming a father, and that kind of 
you know, it just derails your life a little bit. Right. And then I remember, and now I'm seeing that this was in 06 when he had the big thing at the Boston Garden. Yeah. I remember I knew people that went to go see it. I didn't go actually see him live, but I did see it when it came out on, I want to say it was HBO, but it might have been Comedy Central. But I think yeah. it was HBO. Yeah, Vicious Circle. The Vicious Circle, where he was in the round yep. in Boston Garden. He comes out. I actually just rewatched some of it to remember. He comes out from like way off in the corner. Yeah. And he's coming through, through shaking hands. At some point, he like pushes people out of the way and he runs up the crowd and he's like, just runs up some stairs and like shakes 52 people's hands. Yeah. And then he gets onto the round. Fucking rock star. And it was it was ridiculous. It was, the, the cheering to start mm-hmm. went on and he let it go on and he's just doing his big beaming smile and he's got the guy that gives him his mic. Right. And he goes and gets his mic and then he's just standing there and it goes on for like a minute just and a half of like go. ultimate cheering, like crazy. Yeah. That's how he starts a fucking comedy show? Dude. So he doesn't have an opener for that? Or like, does he have a couple people come out and juggle and do their thing, and then they get out of the way, and then this happens? Like, you'd feel like shit if you were the opener for that. Well, you knew what you were getting in for, and you know, you wouldn't feel That's like true. shit because they'd go, here's your fucking check. Here's your check. Here's what? your check. And be like, Ten thank you, I'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Dude, It's it doesn't matter. Yeah. He, there's, so they mentioned this on the podcast, which is great, is just hearing them really talk about it. But like, yeah. Bert Kreischer is not just a friend, but you can tell as a fan, because at one point, Bert is even saying, he's like, dude, I was doing Dane. Everyone was doing Dane at this point in time. Like, right. I was, you know, I was a friend, and I was, because I, not only, they they have a similar personal style as, as like a personality of their stories, and that being that kind of like, bro dude, more connectable kind of person, yeah. Bert and him. So it makes sense. But, um, Bert was even saying that there's, there's these, there are these people that do arenas, these stadium fucking comics. The first one being uh, Steve Martin. Like, Steve Martin, at one point, at his height... his First of all, his first comedy album went uh, pre-platinum, I guess they call it, or platinum. Whatever it is, where it, it sold over a million copies before it actually released. There was pre-orders for a million copies of that shit before it was even Whoa. released. It was, the only, it was the first time and the only time for a very long time that a comedy album's ever done that. And this was like when it was on a fucking record, right? And then he got to... Because this is all in his book. Did you ever read Born, Born Standing, Standing Up? Up yeah, yeah. yeah, it's all in his book. And he talks about how he gets to this point where he's doing stadiums of 70,000 plus. Like, it's the only place you yeah, can Yeah, he was in a league of his fucking, own back then. Yeah, there was a lot of comedians, but nobody was doing that shit. Nobody could do... And then nobody could. Nobody could. It's not like everyone's like... They just didn't have the same style and prowess to get to that point. And then you had Dice, who they were talking like, about. People like, love comedy, but it's still a niche thing. So when you can just go to Cincinnati... And there's 30,000 people in Cincinnati that on any given night will pay, I don't know what a ticket in the 70s would have been, like 20 right. bucks, 30 bucks. Yeah. We'll pay 30 bucks to go sit. Some The whole the whole back section is going to be, you know, when it sells out like that, sells out. a bunch of people are paying too much for shit back yeah. seats just to be able to say they want And that's in the 70s. Like now it's not, because comedy is so accessible with the internet. Entertainment is so much Entertainment, a bigger part of but, life than it used to be. I mean, but in the 70s, just the lack of accessibility to know that a comedian's coming to your fucking town and to go and to be able to wrangle 70,000 fucking people into a stadium, pack them all in for yeah. your comedy show. Yeah, it's incredible. And then, the, and then they're talking about the next person to do that was Dice. Because he was like this rock star fucking comedian, you know? And um, then... You don't see it again. Like you have big shows, you have big I mean, that's shows. What they said, but I don't know. I question that because I feel like there have been some other big comedians. In of course, they're that. huge. They're huge, but the way I think it's just the sheer uh, um, like because he's doing stadium tours. Yeah. He's, he wasn't doing like ah, I did a stadium in in Oklahoma. You know, like 
that one time. This was a tour, a tour where he had the dude who 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 was it? It was like the tour manager for. Like, like Zeppelin, like, and Led, the like Zeppelin and the Stones was doing his fucking thing yeah. for Elvis, <laughs> yeah. the guy that was the tour manager for fucking Elvis doing his tour, and at the end of it gave him a signed. Do you, do you, remember, do you remember that in the podcast? He says he gave him the signed. Uh, it was like the it was uh what was it? It was like the last something signed of his that this this tour manager had from Elvis Presley and gave it to Dane Cook. This episode of Road Soda is brought to you by ByMoodLand.net. Hi, I'm Larry Bird. Due to a government loophole, I now own half the moon. All of the front part. The Chinese own the rest. What am I gonna do with a whole half a moon? That's why I'm selling it to you by the acre. That's right, Moonland. It's an investment. You can till it, develop it. Why don't you start a garden? Some folks like to lease their Moonland. The Indians used to think we were stupid to own land. Boom, boom, pow, wow, can't own land. <laughs> but now who's stupid? Not you. And you gotta stay that way by purchasing moon land at $1,500 per acre. I know what you're thinking. Larry, only $1,500? Are you sure you're not stupid? I'm not. I just want to make sure you don't disappoint your kids by leaving them with something useless. Like heirloom jewelry. Don't disappoint your kids. Buy the most luxurious space property in space. www.buymoonland.net Buy some Moonland today. I also think, and then he also gave him a pin. He also gave Dane Cook a pin from El, uh, uh, like the, the stage manager gave... El, uh, gave Dane an Elvis pin that said "I hate Elvis" on it, right? And uh, he said that pin right there sold like millions and millions of dollars, and Elvis is the one that made it. Like he made it because there was just so many fucking haters. He made a pin that said "I ha hate Elvis," and they made millions off of it That's because awesome. so many fucking people. And he gave it to him, and it just fits Dane's story so perfectly because he just turned into such. A hated fucking person for no reason, and it just perpetuates. The reason is success breeds contempt. Of course, that's just the right. way it is. If anybody's winning too much, that means you're building up a large contingent of people that you beat or people that are losing or whatever. Right. They have friends now that are sitting on the sidelines, actively hating. That's just the actively, with, with actively. Everything. It is. They wake up and they go. They stretch their fingers. They mm -hmm. do their little calisthenics. They go. Here we go. It's part of what I what I call overexposure. This happens to movie stars and TV personalities. and all. If you're too much out there, it's not that people get sick of you, although that is a component of it, that people are like, I don't know, how many fucking Pat Sajak things do I need to see? At some point, Wheel of Fortune... Pat Sajak's the guy that you'd pick? Well, I'm just saying. No, I'm just picking any anybody, right? Because right. we can laugh about Pat Sajak now because you're like, give me a fucking break. But at one point in like the 80s, Wheel of Fortune became like a fucking show. It was in everyone's house. Yeah. It wasn't like this, oh my God, I want to fucking blow Pat Sajak. Just Pat Sajak. There are people out there that do want to blow Pat I'm Sajak. I'm sure a lot of people want to. We've all thought about blowing Pat Sajak. But it wasn't like this super crazy rock star thing. But he was everywhere. He was in all kinds of commercials. They were talking about putting him in shit. He probably was in a movie. And the movie went nowhere. And they mm -hmm. went... Ah, what are we Pat. doing? Let's just put him back on the on the exactly. wheel of fortune. What the in fuck? The, in we the doing? business world, they call it the Peter Principle. Are you familiar with the Peter Principle? Mm. You keep getting promoted until you get to the job that you can't fucking do anymore. That's where your promotion stops because you're failing there. But unfortunately, you got promoted above that last job you could do. So the theory says there's a bunch of fuckheads in jobs they can't handle. 
because people just always want to push people up. Mm-hmm. Very good, clear parallel in, in uh, the world of entertainment. They just keep putting people in shit. I mean, Dane Cook, after these couple albums came out, was in a movie every single year. Yeah. And boy, the fucking press was brutal. Brutal. Yeah, like, I was a Dane never, Cook fan. Yeah. I was not like this rabid guy like on chat rooms going, no, fuck you. Dane is a great art. I mean, he was kind of a funny guy. You know, I heard some of the stuff that people were saying, and it was tough. Like, I was listening to a Joe Rogan podcast. This was, like, over the week, you know, yesterday, I think. Um, Joe Rogan was talking to Ron White. You know who Ron White is? Yeah. Call me Tater Sam. I know who Ron White is. He was, well, I was just for the audience. And Everybody knows who Ron White is. Okay. <laughs> so, he said, um, Ron White said, I had an album out at that time when... I believe it was when Vicious Circle came out. Right. He said, my album was doing well, so I'm checking it. You know, I'm like, all right, where am I Who at? the fuck is Dane this Cook? This fucking Dane Cook. He said, I'm not in Los Angeles, so I don't know what the fuck's going on out there. So I go buy it at the Strawberries or whatever. I put it in. I listened to it on the way home. I got home. I threw it in the trash. Not to spot Dane Cook or anything. I just don't like to keep stuff around. I was like, why the fuck would you specific? And then he was like, and it sucked. I didn't like anything about it. I was like, I, there's no punchlines. There's no nothing. Fuck you, dude. Dude, that is just a hater. That's just a hater. That's just a hater. That's old dude, fucking hick prick. I like some of Ron White shit. Fucking. But it was just stupid. It, it's hater at its he fucking pulled, finest. He pulled some negativity out of Rogan, too, because I don't think Rogan hates Dane Cook. No. I mean, they've got history and stuff. But he was sitting there, he was like, Dane Cook found a way to have little girls like him. That's what R- Rogan said. And I was like, dude, the way he said it, too, was so like, he was just getting sucked into right. like the hating that was coming yeah. off of Ron White. It's just so easy. It's and Rogan fucking... doesn't ever, I don't hear him doing that type of he's shit. He's always on the fucking fence, so perfectly on the fence. And he does, he plays to who he's, who's on his podcast, too, really well. It's, yeah. it's very rare, unless he goes in to an episode knowing that he's going to uh, be the opposite, be the opposite yeah. of, or the devil's advocate for this particular podcast because of what it, it does. You know, if it's Ron White, he's just going to kind of yes man him a little bit, right? And uh, but yeah, it is kind of shitty because at the end of the day, it was really negative. It they is. They were talking shitty. about they yeah. were talking about the allegations. They were talking in general about joke thievery. Yeah. And Carlos Mencia was the guy they were mostly talking right. about because he's well known for being just blatant, blatant, bla- right? Because there's a different, but there's a there's a division between uh, uh, same thought and like plagiarism. You know, like you're right. in this, you're you're in, on the same track. You've thought, but you're, you have Especially the same with idea. observational yeah. humor, where it's like airport jokes. The reason it's funny is you because know everyone it? has experienced that thing. Yeah. You know, there's um, what's the name of the term for? You heard something, it came into your mind, and then you just don't think about it. But later, you could think that it was something that you did. It's called like. If there's a name for it, I would love to know that name, and I'm sure everybody listening to this episode right now would love to know the name of that phenomena it, it ends with cryptonesia cryptonesia occurs when a forgotten memory returns without it being recognized as such by the subject who believes it is something new and original right. so when you hear louis and you hear dane the one thing that super sticks out they both do the same lady voice Okay. When they do it, well, like, like when they're talking about their mother. Uh-huh. Oh, you don't worry, honey. He's just, je- I mean, I can't do so it. So what is the joke? Oh, the, the, well, there's several of them. One right, of them right, was, um, Louis had a joke where he said he wanted to name his kid something nonsensical. Yes. He was going to okay, just vowels. Yeah. And he said, just 40 Boom Singleton! Yeah. Yeah. Dane Cook has one where he says he's going to do something and he's going to name his kid R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-R-
for me, joke stealing has always been a very convoluted thing because I don't really feel much as fucking original at all. Mm-hmm. So when a guy in 2001 starts digging and going, that's my joke, it's like, fuck you. You heard that shit from a Just fucking guy. Just new executions, guy. man. It's all, it's all, it's all compiled. Oh, you said TWA in the 80s and he's saying Virgin Airlines and the, fuck you, trying right. to claim shit as your own. It really pisses me off when guys get sanctimonious. What, what Mencia does is fucking ridiculous. It's blatant plagiarism. Yeah, and I actually got sucked into this rabbit hole of watching his shit. There's a Bill Cosby thing. Yeah, and they play them side by side. Jesus and it's, it's Christ. fucking insane. Not only that, jo- or do you hear the story or with like George Lopez is like, yeah, I held him up. He's like, we played his new special and we counted 15 minutes of my fucking material. Just like, chunks, he's just fucking DJing people's I've, I've heard together. people say, because I, I mean, that's something that's been talked right. about forever, that he would specifically... It, when a guy came up, if he wanted to fuck with you, he would take your fucking closer, do it right yep. in front of you, and then say, come then on up, Isaiah Cooper. And you're yeah. like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Which is a talent in itself. <laughs> it's a special <laughs> talent to be a major <laughs> asshole. It does show a certain amount of versatility. Yeah. I could take anything from your act and weave it in and out of my shit at any time. But, and you, but you know who really is gives a shit about this like just joke thief kind of bullshit when it comes to like Dane Cook and Louie and that kind of thing? It's the fans. It's not the comics. It's not Louis, and it's not Dane. Both of those guys are in the fucking business, and they understand there's parallel thinking. There's crypto... What is it? Cryptonesia. Cryptonesia. Like, these kinds of things. And But if they really did have a problem with it, you would hear them on somewhere. They'd be like, hey, that's my joke. You would There would be some kind of public thing. But it's not. It's just fucking fanboys who are just want to choose a side, want to cause a fucking well, so problem, now with Louis, with Louis, have you heard anything about the Louis-Dane thing? No. Louis had um, Dane Cook on his show, Louis. That was a fucking awesome show. Right. Like the whole run of 50 episodes or whatever. Are you about to say, about to prove everything I just said? No, no, no. Okay, good, good. Nothing <laughs> like that at all. Nothing like Sweet. that at all. In this one particular case, yeah. because it's been like a thing, there's like several, I just told you about the FFF and the RR thing. Right. There's also the one that thing I like about, it, I was in the kitchen washing a dish. Right. There's a joke. I haven't heard it side by side, but they said that's basically a Louis thing. In fact, I was telling my sister, I was reminding her, because we used to quote that shit all the time, mm-hmm. and she was like, yeah, Devin's in the background telling me he stole that shit from Louie, that particular thing, and I went... He would be that guy. He would be that guy. Yeah. And he's it's that, like... He, and it he's he's, he's I, the reason why you hear about it. It's those kind of people are like, hey, he stole that. That's stole. That's not original. Not original. Right. Like, ah! It's like, you know, it's like, you, know <laughs> you want to step back and be like, all right, if he did that, that's kind of shitty. I mean, I only heard it from him. I didn't hear Louie's stuff, so, you know, imitation is a form of flattery. They have a lot of crossover. They're mm-hmm. both Boston guys. Yeah. D- Louis started like four years before Dane. Mm-hmm. Dane blew up, and Louis blew up maybe around And they're the same doing time. comedy. Yeah, they're from the same area, doing comedy in the same places. They're both in New York City. They both have the same like circle of friends. Yeah. You know, they uh, he was right there before him, but it's like... This... So Louis had yeah. um, Dane on his show. Right. And Louis' show was pretty true to life. He played a character... But, man, it was his life right. with his fucking daughters, and he was divorced, living in New York. And he had Dane on, and they talked, and he was like, he kind of let... I've watched a few things about it just recently for this, and he, they, they're sitting in chairs talking in the back room. And Louie's like, you know, I mean, shit, it, it was kind of my shit. And Dane was kind of with this Kryptonesia stuff, right. like, come on, man, you're pulling stuff from so many different spots. Who knows... Where they originate, probably there's nothing I've ever said that's original. It's coming from someone else saying something else. Mm-hmm. I put two things together, but those both things maybe came from the same guy. Right. It's kind of a cop out, but at the same time, what the fuck, man? You have to. I know there's certain guys like David Tell is really anal about that. When he comes up with stuff, he calls guys that he think are in that area 
of comedy. He goes, Are you hey, doing this? Do you have a cowboy joke or what? Do you have a cowboy joke? Yeah, right. No, you're the only one, Dave. You, All right. <laughs> yeah. Well, he probably gets a little bit more specific, but he just wants to make sure. Right. Forget about the actual joke theft or not. That's David Hell recognizing. There's so much overlap. Mm-hmm. By him being the guy that calls all the comics all the time, now they know. I want to make sure. Sh- That's now they all know. he's doing. He's just. I got a joke about cowboys coming. Don't fucking do it. I'm Play. ultra sensitive about everything, you know? And maybe every once in a while he comes up with something bullshit. Do you have a baby diaper? You do have a diaper. I'm not even going to do my diaper. I have no fucking diaper. Yeah, no. I'll just squash it right now. It's about I'm fucking squashed. seven hours. No Developed on. Click. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a serious issue. I don't know if Dane was big on it, but for me. Those couple of specials that came out put him up into an upper echelon, and then for me it became about the movies because I realized I didn't even I don't even know a lot of the material from the later albums. He did like one, two, three, six albums. The latest one was I don't know if it's a real album. I did my best greatest hits album. So really, there's five albums. Mm-hmm. Last one came out in '09. I don't even know how much of that material I know, but once that uh, vicious circle came out. Then he did Madison Square Garden after that. But once the Vicious Circle came out, which was basically the Boston Garden, the movie started coming out. He did a movie with Jessica Alba called Good Luck Chuck. He did a movie with he he had all these Jessica Simpson. As Just like before, real quick before the, the before the whole fucking subject gets too far away from yeah. it, I had a joke once that I, I used to do, and when I was living in New York, and I um, I came up with it completely because I had this whole chain of jokes that started with smoking with uh, smoking cigarettes. Um, and it was, you know, it's just like a, a stupid thing, but it leads from smoking with cigarettes and people not giving a shit. That's why you're smoking the cigarettes. You just don't care. You, it's it's uh, it's suicide on layaway. It was like this whole like the thing, and then it goes into littering, right? And then people, and then people getting mad about littering in New York City. It's like, what the fuck are you getting mad for, dude? This all is just look at one this, it's just one garbage big heat. fucking garbage. Just, there's nothing here. It's natural. You get it mad because I threw it on concrete. Like it's all garbage, right? And I had this whole fucking joke, right? And go all the way through it. And uh, I was doing it for a while. And I was loving it. Because I had this... It was great. This chain of jokes. This string of ideas. A few... Uh, uh, and then it was one night after uh, after doing a show. One of the other comedians came in. He's like, dude, that's you know, really funny stuff. But it's like really close to some Louis shit. And I'm like, dude, are you fucking joking me? Like, I had no idea. And it really crushed me. And I like, had to like go back and find out what it was. And kind of, and I don't recall what exactly. I just know that that was the joke that I was doing. I have yet to find the joke of Louis that is matching it. But I haven't listened to like, I, I just couldn't. I, I, yeah, But hey, whatever it was, he said it's like the same. And so I just didn't even, just not to even chance it. Because I'm not somebody who's big and going places. I'm just a guy in a comedy club. And anybody who's a super fan of Louis is going to sit down in a comedy club. Hear me tell those jokes. And they're going to be like, ah, oh, fuck this hack. He's stealing shit. Mm-hmm. So I just, just to because, not even... Because you, everything you're working on at that point, you want to be your best stuff. It's got to be... If something's tainted with anything, yeah. whether it be unfunny or whatever... Just don't want it. It's dead. I'm not even... Yeah. yeah. And, and until I was able until I was able to like listen to what it was to alter it enough or to feel comfortable knowing that it's just parallel thinking... Because uh, honestly, it could have been this crypto stuff. Because of course, I was, I was a fan of Louis. Um, but I wasn't, I wasn't... There are some people that even actively... Don't listen. There's a lot of comedians that are like, oh, I don't listen to any comedy because I don't want to be tainted. Like, there's big comedians. I hear them say that on podcasts all the time. I just don't listen to other people's comedy because I don't want to he- have this cryptomania. Was it fucking crypto? Cryptomania. Crypto. Is that what it is? No, cryptonesia. Cryptonesia. I can't fucking remember it. But this have this cryptonesia. Cryptomania is when you fuck. You're an addict to fucking people that do crosswords. Oh, okay. Crypto. In. Oh, okay. You're addicted to. Yeah, I think that. I think you're right. Maybe not. So yeah, that's just I wanted to toss that in because it felt it was 
still attached to what you're saying, but now you're moving into how he well, started I, doing these big movies but, and stuff. But you know what, though? I Just one last word on Cryptoamnesia. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a much bigger thing than the, the guys trying to, you know, they were just mentioning it. Like, it's a, I think it's so big now, if you think about it. We're so inundated with oh, so yeah. much entertainment. I can just type in a few things in a phone and watch anybody from any time. You're getting so much more info. You can't you remember want it or not. Yeah. You can't. And so what happens, you know what is the response to that? And I'm really guilty of this. And I think everyone, at least my age and older, does it a lot. Because you know there's so much of that going on, a lot of quoting happens. Yeah. Like, I just quote The Simpsons, or you'll quote a movie, or you'll quote a line, where it's like, I, you know, there's just so much stuff in there. I think it's some level of response to this Kryptonesia stuff, where I don't think in the 60s people did so much quoting of shit. They may. I mean, may, it might have been like books and now, stuff. Now, dude, yeah. people... Are, uh, maybe. Yeah, are you saying that everyone is just like a clip show of quotes? There's this episode of Futurama. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a much bigger tool in people's toolbox now than it was 50 years ago. Do you think you just get by, everyone just getting by by strictly quoting other things? No, no, but I mean, it's it happens a lot more. Obviously. Like, if you could somehow count it. So, and I think that has something to do with Kryptonesia because people... Well, you, when you quote something, you know you're quoting it. Like right. if it's the Simpsons, you know you're, you're you know you're quoting the Simpsons. Yeah, no, and people are attributing the quotes. They're like, "Oh, my favorite show." Right. But like, it's it's a way to get around the Kryptonesia. You're not trying to create your own stuff and pass it off. You just make like memes. This maybe this would have been a better. Fucking memes are such a phenomenon for young people now. Mm-hmm. They're not even pretending like they're coming up with something original. Right. That's they're like, the look at how look at how special my message is. I'm literally taking someone else's fucking meme that's built on a fucking quote from a movie that other people made, yeah. and I'm sending that to you, going, "What do you think about them apples, huh? How do you? What a perfect it's a template. time. The me, it's the template that you're now giving away to people. But that's that's how all comedy and that's how everything is already. It's just, you know, people are there's no new ideas like there's just new executions, and everything is a a piece and stitched together from everyone else's fucking thing and woven into something new, and. Um, but, I mean, is he directly guilty of... I don't think so. I mean, obviously, you said he was in that Louis show. But, yeah, then he started he started making the, the movies and whatnot. And I remember, I think the only movie I really remember seeing of his, though I know and I'm aware of the movies that he made because I saw the posters and trailers and shit, yeah. was uh, just the... Uh, um, what was it? The server movie. The movie with... Waiting. The, waiting. It was Waiting. Outside of that, it's he like I didn't see like another a huge one. And he wasn't. He wasn't. No, no, but he did like a few movies in a row where he was huge. Like Employee of the Month. Yeah. He worked at like a Walmart. Yeah, I remember. I saw that one. You saw that yeah. one. And the chick was um, Jessica Simpson. Jessica Alba. Simpson. Simpson. Jessica Simpson. Okay. And then Jessica Alba was in Good Luck Chuck. Right. That's oh six oh seven. He was also in My Best Friend's Girl the next year. So two thousand six, seven, and eight. He makes a movie. I mean, that's about as many. That's about as quick as anyone big makes movies. Right. So for three years, he's got these specials. He's touring the country, and he's in these big movies, and they're just pounding you with the marketing. And I really feel like those three years are pivotal for him. He's at the top of his game. He hasn't changed anything, but all of a sudden, the bottom just comes out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's people are like, nah, you know, because when I do watch him, listening to all this hate, when I was I watched, I listened to three of his albums over the last couple of days, and I watched the Vicious Circle hour just to go back and remember it and you know there is a lot of uh smoke and mirrors with his comedy you know there, there are not as many punches per se it's observational stuff but a lot more facial expressions and like noises and whatnot which you know i mean i'm not saying that's not legitimate but for that level of um 
hype, I guess. You just expect a little bit more meat with I think it wasn't the problem wasn't the comedy. The problem was moving outside of comedy. The comedy was working and everyone was liking it. Whether there was punchlines verbally or physically, it was working. He was funny. He was drawing those people in to those 70,000 plus shows and he was making them all laugh. It was then when they started to... Uh, pivot those his talent into acting. They're like, ah, eh, maybe not acting, maybe not this. But I don't. I mean, to say that it wasn't, dude. It, it just no comedian is doing the thing that everyone should be doing. Like everyone's got. There's some guys that go up there, they don't fucking move, and they just go bop 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 bop. And there's guys that go up there, and not everything they do is 100% physical. Like, all the punchlines. Tom Segura like, does a two-hour set, and it's just two stories. One about him taking a shit, the other one about him yep. putting his magazines in order. Putting another shit back and in his And it's fucking hilarious. The hipsters right. cannot get enough of these unbelievable Tom Segura stories. Monthly Box. Boy, do we have the box for you. Here at Monthly Box, we have a box for everything. Forbes magazine said the monthly box club business is estimated to go over $5 billion this year. Get in off the sidelines. We don't care if you're tall, short, fat, or Jewish. We have a box for you. Tell us what you are into and get a monthly box. There's something for everyone. Monthly drug box, cat box, car box, Alabama hot box. The rock box. This contains items curated for you by Dwayne Johnson himself. Crown box, wet box, dry box, your mom's box. The hipster box, AKA the raw organic cube. Wet socks box, dirty Sanchez box, smallpox box. Found porn box, like when you were a kid but you don't have to scavenge the woods. Alcoholics box, sand box, cereal box. And for those, those who can't decide, the indecisiveness box. So log on today to monthlybox.com and get a box sent to you. Not, nothing against Tom Segura. Sounds like you got something against Tom no, Segura. No, but with Dane Cook, though, what it pisses me off in my own personal experience with Dane Cook is that the same people that I remember laughing our asses off watching those first three mm-hmm. years, once the movies came out and the bottom fell out, now I'm getting from my little brother, my sister. He's a hack. He's he shit. I never fucking liked him. I never that liked him. Like, fuck you. Fuck you. You didn't like him. Fuck you. you you're a traitor. You're yeah. a traitor. You just, because now, there, because there was a time when it was cool to like Dane Cook. Mm-hmm. Because it was something, because of how he got famous. He was the first internet superstar. Yeah. He was the first megastar through social media. That So Dane Cook, when I first was exposed to Dane Cook, because I religiously watched the Comedy Central Presents, I remember seeing his Comedy Central Presents, and every time it was on, I fucking hated it. When was that? 03, 04, 05? I couldn't tell you the years. I was really young. It was like middle, it was definitely middle school, because I remember being in middle school and hearing people that aren't like just in classes and stuff and hearing people recite his jokes and remembering I just didn't like it. I didn't like it. I was already exposed to comedy at that time like I Jim Brewer was like my fucking hero and uh, like hearing all these different you know comedians and uh, uh, Mitch Hedberg at that time and for some reason that which hearing his story hearing Dane's story on the Burt cast about that where 
he showed up to do that recording and they had like fake people in the front seat where they just had like fo- like with the all lit up they had like actors in the front row which probably happens a lot and like, they had him in a they had him in a fucking bowling shirt and all that stuff and he just went I'm not fucking doing that I'm not wearing your bowling shirt uh, turn all these cameras off they told him not to like look at the camera the first thing he does is he comes out in a tank top and he grabs the camera and he looks into he's hey motherfuckers like just does everything that they don't want him because it's just suits off. Yeah. But, well, not to piss the suits off. It was because it wasn't him. He right. comedy only works if it is you. You come out it in, in, in inadvertently pissed them off because it was what they didn't want. But he well, when he like, grabs the camera and says, "What's up, motherfucker?" I mean, right. he clearly was. That saying, is still him. It still fits his character. Yeah. He wants to go out there and be that person. Like this is the comedian I am, and this is why people are. This is why you fucking hired me, not because I'm some bowling shirt wearing asshole. But so I saw that and I didn't think it was funny i mean it was just at this time and i just whatever it was i remember because they would play it all the time and every time i would come around I'm like fuck because there was a chunk in the middle of the day where they would just play comedy central presents and like premium blend just like over and over again and every half time hour shows, half hour me. shows just yeah. like over and over and i'm like fuck it click next i want i don't watch that maybe it wasn't then, relatable to a middle school kid though well, just know? let me and then and then and people loved it and i was like man fuck that fuck and i remember hearing about these people or hearing these people talk about him and, and not liking that. But then he came out with his uh, the CD. And I think it was... It might have been harmful. I think it might have been harmful of Swell. I was just a little bit later. And I listened. I just listened to the CD. And I was fucking crying with laughter. Like, I thought it was the funny. I was like, holy shit. This is so fucking funny. And then the thing that came out after that, I listened to and was... So it was right... No, it wasn't harmful to Swell. I think it was the one... Um, the, the big one. double after was retaliation. Really Reta- I think it was retaliation. Whatever it was, it was because the fr- he had his audio CD and then he did his Comedy Central and then it was the audio thing that came out right after that. Probably is what retaliation. I heard. And I fucking Napstered that shit and I listened to it and it was it changed my fucking life. And then I even now go back and I watch his Comedy Central presents. I still don't like it. I still didn't like it even when I was a fan of his. Like. It was just a bad... I felt like it was just not a good presentation of who Dane Cook was. So my first exposure to him, I, uh, like, I just was... I just didn't like it. But either way, I be, was a huge fan when I heard that. Became such a huge fan. He was the reason I fucking joined MySpace. Because it was so incredible, incredible to me that an idol of mine, I had a way to connect with him. I remember adding Dane Cook on MySpace. Like, creating a MySpace, which you're not allowed to fucking do that. It was like... 14 years old maybe that I make a MySpace and I get on there I put everything on and I go and I add him as a friend oh my god I add him as a friend and then he accepts because that was his shtick his thing was like I accept everyone I shake every hand I'm kissing babies dude do you know what that did to me dude it fucking like it it was like the reason I, I like I was doing comedy just I was so excited I was like I was doing a Dane Cook I was doing a Dane Cook mixed with all these other things but because that was the first, like, I was already writing jokes and doing this stuff when I discovered him, but I hadn't been on stage yet. So when I got on stage, that was, I was doing a Dane Cook. Like, it was so obvious, like, my fucking, everything I was doing was Dane Cook. And I, because it's, it was so powerfully successful at the time. Right. Of course you're going to come out and be energetic, be jumping all over stuff. And moving it, around, trying to sell every little line. Yeah. And I was, but it fit. I was able to fit into that role. It wasn't so far off. What I what, like, what it actually like, what I kind of landed on eventually, but um, dude, yeah, it was it was just groundbreaking, and 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 I eventually kind of pulled myself away from it, obviously, 
But yeah, dude, it, it was just such... He was such an important part of comedy for me. Like, he wasn't the reason I got into comedy. He wasn't um, anything like that. And here's the other thing I, I, I heard on that, and I just wanted to, like, touch on it. When, on his birth thing, I never knew he never had... He's never had any alcohol, and he's never had any drugs. I knew he didn't drink. I didn't know it was like never, but I knew he's he was never drink. had a drink and he's never done drugs. And I never knew that. I feel like, and, and when he, when they said that, I was like, dude, I never knew that until this point. If that was something that was known when I was like a kid, I might be, I might not have like been drinking and stuff. Like if I, if that was something that he like talked about, it's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, but because he like, it was just an aspect of his personality. He was like really humble about it. He never was like, yeah, I don't even drink. Like it's just, uh, I wish I kind of wish I knew as a kid because I, I'm interested to know if I would have ended up different if I would have like because I was drinking in high school and like doing drugs and shit you know and if I was such a huge you're influence, out there Dane Cook thanks a whole fucking thanks a lot. whole lot for keeping it because the only person I knew of who was like that was Penn Gillette from Penn and, you know the comedy duo Penn and Teller yeah he's the only he's the only other person I've ever heard of who's never not not only doesn't drink but has never had a drink or a drug in his life. Lame dog Mormon type is what we call them. Yeah, lame dog Mormon. What psychos is probably what it is. Those are the people that probably like have the like. They eat, so what do you do? Masturbate a lot? Like what the fuck do you do, man? What do you do? <laughs> Constantly jacking it. I'm jacking it right now. <laughs> yeah, I do wonder about those people sometimes. I don't know. Like what do you do to to like relieve the tension? Relieve anything. Yeah, that's I whip myself. Like <laughs> what the fuck do you do? Anyway, dude. Yeah, so so Dane Cook was just. I'm glad we both like, we are both such big Dane Cook fans because, like I said, mm-hmm. all I feel I get is if I bring his name up, oh fuck that guy, he's not yeah. funny. Never, I never liked him. I want to go on the record saying he said fuck bullshit. Let's rewind the tape. There yeah. you are, everybody. Exhibit A. This chuckle fuck laughing at every word this guy says, dude. He was. I liked hearing the interview about. Um, I think I had known because I listened to a WTF episode. Uh, a interview we did I want to say two years ago but it might have been three years ago and so I knew but I already knew he didn't drink but I don't think he even mentioned he never had a drink never had a pill so you know, yeah well he's sitting against, against his polar opposite fucking Burt Kreischer who's like huh? Huh? I'm drinking right now huh? drink t- yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> drink a Tito <laughs> and uh, I think what I learned from that interview that I really liked was how DIY he was like yeah. I know Louie has done some certain things to like take charge of his own distribution take charge of his own management and direction and production and the rebirth that uh dane cook is having right now is pretty fucking remarkable he was like i got derailed all these bad things happened to him lost an ass ton of money to where he was like totally broke yeah he got totally built out of money by his fucking manager brother cousin 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 or or brother yeah it was either his like a a stepbrother his parents died his mother within the same month within the same month at the same time, this overexposure thing, he yeah. had his foot on the gas, not drinking, getting up every morning and doing his thing, and then everything was just going downhill for him. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he had a period where he was like, you know, everything went dark for a little while, and then he said, fuck it, I'm just going to rent out a stadium, yep. rent out a theater, and go fucking book it myself. And he did that every day, put out his 75 grand was the number he used, mm-hmm. take in 250 of, of, yep. of, of himself. Yeah. That's pretty fucking cool. And he's like, I did 100... Just kept year, doing it, and then he started I going to a hundred yeah. fucking theaters. Yep, that's a lot of money, and he's like, and that's what I'm doing right now, and I'm not going away from it. There was a lot. I, I we actually want to recommend 
if you if you're interested in anything we're talking about, you should go listen to this Burt Kreischer Burt Cast podcast. It's from the March twelfth, so just last yeah, week. Just last week because it was really, really cool. He talked about his relationship with Patrice, with Louis, all the the relationship with Burt. Because I think that's what's great. I think the difference between the Mark one, maybe the Mark Maron was Mark Maron isn't like friends with like they have stories right. of like Burt Kreischer and him hanging out, you know, mm-hmm. like being friends, and and so it's a much different interview because he knows the nuanced kind of like questions, and then you have Burt who's just a really funny storyteller. Maron like, more like new people that he knew. Yeah. And so he obviously was a topic that he had spent a lot of time talking about, but not directly with him. They weren't hanging out playing video games. Marin was in the back of a room talking to his the guy that was right. t- 10 years old ago. Who's this fucking Who's jerk? Who's this fucking jerk? Yeah. I, yeah, but I jump like, around. We all give a fuck. You're really exciting. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> how many tickets did he sell? <laughs> yeah. How many tickets? Oh, shit. But yeah, this one is great because Bert is going to, he'll stop and he'll tell these stories like uh, these folklore stories about Dane. And Dane's like, then validates them or not. So yeah. I don't want to give everything away because you. I think you guys. You know, especially Jeff and Nelly out there. I'm sure they they were fans of the old Dane Man back in the day. And give it a listen. It's like it's super good just to hear him. You know, and he's. Uh, I'm happy with what he's doing with where he's. I did. I see a fucking Netflix special in his in his future, and I think I I see a resurgence of Dane Cook. Is because just because of what he's doing, I think he's finally able to like. You know, he fell all the way, and now he's like coming back. And we're going to see like this Dane resurgence in it. And I think we're really going to like what we see because the whole time he's still been aging, comedy aging, dude. And as seasoning. As seasoning. And comedy and comedians only get better with age. The older a comedian is, the longer they've been doing it, the funnier they get, they, their timing gets better. They, every fucking thing, if they, if they are still passionate about it and they're not just fucking trying to get the money from it, they're going to keep getting better. So if we, I, I'm really excited to see where he's going. I'm, I'm excited to be... For for the resurgence of Dane Cook, and I'm going to call out all you motherfuckers. When you because right all these motherfuckers writing down names who said he fucking was never funny and I hated him. Because we're going to talk in 2023. I'm going to go sit and watch it in your living room and go fuck you. Shut this off. Get out. Oh, of I guess room. he's I guess he's pretty funny. <laughs> You're not allowed to fucking watch him right now. <laughs> oh yeah. You f- and and one last thing, we fucking joiner. Sorry, we would be <laughs> remiss if we did not mention. Uh, happy birthday, Dane. Happy birthday, yes. Dane. March 18th. He turns 47. The day... The day this app comes out. The day this app... So we had to do Dane Cook on this one. And you know what? We're going to revisit him because the next time his birthday lands on a Monday, March 18th, will be 2024. So we'll touch back on 2024 and we'll see... That's our goal. Our goal is to, by 2024, have Dane Cook on this podcast Okay. For his birthday. How Talking about, about that? his new streaming service, Daneflix. Daneflix. Which That's we're all it, dude. Watching. It's so fucking interesting. Like the entrepreneurial aspect of like him and they're talking about Joe Rogan and like the way he was working MySpace. You guys gotta fucking listen to it. Like we could talk about this. It's we're already guys, running into forty two minutes on this fucking segment. We could yeah. be jazz talking about how incredible it was with his whole MySpace thing, but you guys check it out. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Road Soda, episode 81. Watch Death, Love, and Robots over this week for your Millennial Book Club assignment. And we'll catch you on episode 82. Have a great week.